Hello and welcome to episode 8 of In PS We Trust. My name's Davey and joined with me as always is Phil. Happening lads. And Spencer. What's up? So we're a fortnightly PlayStation podcast and we each bring one topic of discussion to the table to go in depth on. But first, before we go into that, boys, I've got some listener mail I want to cover off with you. This is different. Yeah, okay. I was expecting what am I drinking? I know, I know. I wanted to cover this off. So we had, we're always asking on the show for people to write in to the email, which is pswetrust at gmail.com. And I've had somebody write in that hasn't written in before. So this isn't Joseph Thomas. This is somebody else. Wow. And basically, the reason why I'm starting the show off with this is I'm kind of wondering, I want the audience to be able to let me know what I should respond to with this mail. Here we go. So this is by Katrina Holfer has written in. So it started off originally with an email that I had where she wrote in and said, Hi, nice to meet you. So I thought, that's a very random email to receive. So I thought I'd respond. So I said, hello. And then we got this email back. So it's quite long. So stay with me on this. Very important. And Katarina's really poured her heart out on this. My dear friend, how are you today? I like to be open. I am a woman that has seen life. I've been in the social circle for many years. It really does not matter one's age or colour or achievement. Very well said, Karina. True. What True. matters? Yeah. <laughs> what matters in our life is nothing but care and expression. Expression of the heart. This is the most important thing in life. To me, the most beautiful thing created by God is never seen, only felt in the heart. I've been hard working all my life, and now I must think of something better to enjoy my life and probably have a family. Maybe relocate and start investing in other things. Anyway, I would like to tell you a little about myself. My name is Cabrina Holfer, 40 years. I'm French national, but born in London, United Kingdom, all in caps. Very, very important that. Lost my only daughter at childbirth. Oh, it's getting dark. Oh, Christ. Oh, feeling for I got dark. I have a special sport I crave for, and it is golf. I cannot do without this sport. I will take up competitions later on after I end my career as a banker. I'm working as a senior audit slash banker in Al Rayan Bank. I was married, but my ex-husband got married to another woman, which caused our divorce. But it's okay, since he accused me of being so busy with my work and the bank. And it's accounting slash auditing. This is the second email you've received from her, yeah? Yeah, yeah, this is the second second one. Okay, okay. Very forthright in telling me her... uh, her life story so she says since he accused me of being so busy with my work in the bank and it's accounting slash auditing that i was not having time for him but he refused to understand that i was pursuing a goal i told him that are we all i told him that soon i would resign and we will have enough time for each other but he was impatient but it is over between us i am happy because my goal is almost achieved This is why I think of relocating to another country to get into investment and maybe own a small company, which I can be able to manage. Enough of myself alone. Would you tell me more about yourself too? I'd like to know you better, what you really do, and your position in your work, your marital status, and where you reside now. I would love to hear from you soon. Thanks, Cabrina. 
I mean, that was that was the most important email I think I've ever received in my entire life. I, I feel really bad for this poor woman. Clear fan of the show, though. Massive fan. <laughs> Massive fan. It's nice to hear from our, um, you know, our followers. Thank you very much for the email. I, I'm, I mean, I can't remember the last time that I put out to the audience where I needed something so personal written in. But, you know, I mean, we're all talking about our loves uh, in life. We're talking about resistance, or in your case, Phil, Death Stranding. Or with Spencer's case, where he's talking about The Last of Us every five minutes. And so it's nice to hear about Katrina with her banking and her ex-wife and losing her child and all this really important stuff that's pretty uh, pretty in-depth. But what I want to know, audience, what should I respond to this woman with? Write into the email, psvtrust at gmail.com. Let's have some fun. And I'll keep you updated as to what we get next time. So moving on from that, boys, what are we drinking? Well, Davey, after that introduction, um, I've, I've, I've jumped straight to the hard stuff. <laughs> I'm sessioning with a Fierce and Noble, which is a Bristol-based brewery, and I'm drinking their IPA tonight. Oh, okay. How did you find out about this place? Um, <laughs> randomly, um, sort of over the Christmas period, um, I had a knock at the door, and I was expecting, you know, the standard Amazon deliveries, which seemed to be coming every other day. So it wasn't the Amazon delivery guy. You open the door. Was the this Bristol brewery guy there? Like, hello. Um, I've brewed some local beer. Would you like to try <laughs> some? Is that what happened, or is this a different kind of story? Well, it very much felt like it was. It was the producer of the beer just dropping it off on his van. Um, it was all branded um, Fierce and Noble. So shout out to the guys if they are listening, because I have tweeted them a couple of times, and they must have seen all the promotion I've been doing for the NPS We Trust podcast. So yeah, tonight that's what I'm on. I'm going to be uh, sampling a few of their different um, IPAs over over the course of this uh, podcast, and I'll let you know how they go. Nice. What about yourself, Spence? As a shocker to everyone, Here I'm we go. on the Budweiser. Hey, oh my gosh! Wow, you! I tell you what, you are um, you're nothing but adventurous, Loyal. are you? Nothing but adventurous. Always having something a little bit different on the podcast. Have you bought well, these yourself? Actually, last last week, actually, you were on the firebombs, right? Well, last week I was on the orange juice. Oh yeah, and I got peer pressured into the into the fireball. That's it. So, so this time you're back on old faithful. At, at at the moment, but there is still a bit of fireball left, and I'm feeling a bit, you know, feel a bit spicy. Are you? Yeah, a bit mad tonight. Well, normally, listener, you know, for me, it's on the Spanish. Always on the Spanish. Today, I thought we'd go a bit. A bit loose with it. We'll get a bit wild. So I'm on the Thatcher's Haze for the entire podcast. So really enjoying it. You can't go wrong with the Thatcher's Haze. It's the best out of all the Thatcher's line. Godlike. Cloudy apples, just always good. Always a good time. But we'll see what it's like by the end of the podcast where I can barely speak. So we'll see how that goes. Are you just going to be sticking to the cider tonight then, mate? I think so, yeah. I got 10 cans of it to get through. So I think I'm all right. Yeah, I think I'm okay. Ten cans of cider, standard amount you need to record a podcast. Exactly. I, I think that's that's your recommended daily allowance of cider. I think. <laughs> but daily. What I will say <laughs> is that just a reminder: we did mention this quite a while ago, actually, on the podcast, especially as we're biweekly. I wouldn't blame you guys for not remembering, but episode ten of the podcast, we are doing a kind of special episode in that we are getting absolutely blasted before we record. So I'm not sure what we're going to do yet. 
in terms of if we're going to have a live stream before we start recording so that you can potentially tune in with us and do some drinking games with us and have a good time. And then we'll do the podcast after. I'm not sure. Obviously, it's a couple of episodes away yet, so a a number of weeks. So when we get a bit closer to the time, we'll start talking about it on, you know, episode nine and and on our socials. So make sure to follow us and see what we're up to. But it's going to be pretty wild, that episode. So we'll we'll see what happens. So it's been a number of weeks since the last episode. What I want to know is, what have you guys been playing in the last two weeks? Spencer, why don't you start us off? Right, well, the first thing I've played since the last podcast was Mania, which was a game we got for free on PS Plus. Me and you got it for free anyway. Phil didn't. Have I lost out? On a platinum, yeah. On a on an experience, <laughs> probably not. Really, you feel like that? Your about finger, it? Pro- well, yeah. I've, I thought it was fun. I thought it was good, but our fingers will stop working at an earlier age than Phil's. <laughs> That's true. Do you know what? I loved it. I loved it. I played it. I I played it and got the platinum on it. Same as yourself, Spence. And yep. I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was so much fun. So. I, I've never actually heard of this game. I, I think I've seen it, you know, within our conversations, uh, within DMs and things like that. But um, sure. I, I don't know a lot about this game. So what, what type of game is it? You mentioned that your your, your fingers were, were hurting after playing it. Um, is this a button basher game? Like, like what is it? Man-eater. Yeah, basically, you're, you're just a shark. That is literally all it is. But um, okay. it is quite mashy. The issue with it being mashy is that you're mashing R2. So the thing is, you're you're having to push your finger the entire time. Thank God. It's a PS5 game, by the way. Thank God they didn't give it adaptive triggers because your finger would be bleeding by the time you finish that game. This isn't the type of game that Davey can plug his fight stick into and press auto, can he? It probably is, to be fair. I can see the look on his face right now. He's thinking that was a pretty good idea. That would have saved me so much pain. My God, that would actually be broken to play it like that. It would have actually been amazing. <laughs> yeah, Spence is right. Basically, all it is, you're just a shark and you're swimming about. And you ultimately, the story is that your mother was killed by a fisherman and you got to go and get revenge. And that's the story of it. And it's how you kind of grow and you go from being like shark pup, I guess they call pups, I guess, if you're. I think it is a pup, yeah. And then you grow all the way up as the story unfolds and as you gain more levels and stuff like that into a massive giant beast of a shark megalodon i wasn't expecting much of a narrative to this video game maybe they should have got um was it katarina that we spoke about earlier with the email (laughs) maybe they should have got her involved to write write the intro to this uh video game because going after a fisherman that killed your what was it your father your mother your mother you get cut out of it at the start it's pretty pretty graphic it's awesome, to be fair, I reckon. The narrative for the whole game is actually quite interesting because it's kind of presented as a TV show or as a movie. Or like a shark documentary, I guess. Yeah, it's like a shark week kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's exactly like that. Like Deadliest Catch or something like that, isn't it? Very similar. Yeah. It's, it's, quite, it's entertaining to play. It's quite fun and it's not very long. So it is worth the time and it's only maybe an 8 to 10 hour platinum. But I didn't really gain anything from playing it besides a platinum, I'd say. For me, it was a fun... It was a fun game to play. Like, it was just fun. It was just mindless fun where you could put a podcast on or put some music on and just enjoy it. And just, I I enjoyed swimming about. The only thing I'd say is that the combat's really shallow. Look at that. What a a pun. But it is so shallow. You kind of just end up, you get a few tools at your disposal. 
Like you get like a tail whip attack and you can like launch yourself onto things like there's a boat that's attacking you can jump up onto the boat and start like splashing about or whatever. But it all of it comes down to is just mashing R2. And so that Spencer's right, is, yeah. y- your your finger at the end of it, you come out and you feel like as if you should have a six pack on your finger because it's just killed. It absolutely killed me. And if our listeners were going to um, download Man Eater and sort of bang on a podcast as you did, what podcast could they listen to while they're playing Man Eater, Davey? I think the best podcast you could listen to is the one that you're listening to right now, listener. Just go back and listen to the old catalogue. You've got seven more episodes there that you can you can delve into. I feel like ultimately, at the end of the day, if you do anything else, you're just a bit of a mug. And, you know, I can't I can't help you with that. I mean, our, our reviews speak for themselves. You've got the one review that I've put on there, which is five stars. Spence, with the PlayStation Plus games that were offered to us this month, I gotta say, I think it's probably one of the strongest months we've had in quite a long time, other than the Hollow Knight month, which was also a stellar one. What are your thoughts on the PlayStation Plus lineup so far on PlayStation 5's life? Um, well, so far, I think it's really good. It is really strong, besides Worms Rumble, but, you know, that never happened. Yeah, it was garbage. Um, yeah, garbage. The only issue I see at the minute is the survivability of it. I can't really see what they're going to give us as a PS5 title, especially after Destruction All Stars in February. So do you feel like, for someone like me, historically, I've never really you know, invested in PS Plus. I, I've, I've never um, subscribed to that service. Do you think this is a point where I should dip my toe into it because the offering is so good currently? Um, I think it all depends on what you want from PlayStation Plus. So the games to me are just additive. That's not what I buy the service for. I buy the service mostly for the cloud saves and for the ability to play with your friends. Now, in terms of the games, though, this month, I do think it's a stellar, a stellar lineup. I don't know. It, it all jumping on any given month for you now is going to be a bit weird because I don't know what it's going to take. I don't know what they'll have to do. I think you'll actually have to have like Norman Reedus come up in his Death Stranding gear and you know actually deliver you a baby for you to actually want to do it. It's going to have to be something really special. Yeah, I think for me, there's there's got to be that killer game um, within the offering in the month uh, for me to jump on it or. Resistance has got to release and it's got to have multiplayer. Yeah. And then we've all got to be jumping on that. You know, it, it, it's those two things for me because obviously since since COVID has happened, I've got a lot more time on my hands. So I'm more open to be, you know, investing that time in playing multiplayer online in PlayStation. But at the moment, there's nothing drawing me to that to that service just yet. No, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Uh, that's, that's the thing. With PlayStation Plus, you get it so you can play with your mates. That's generally the reason. And then you stick around then and, and you find that you, you it doesn't feel egregious because you get so many games per year and it feels like it justifies that price, which in my opinion, it definitely does. So what are, what are the current games uh, being offered? So this month, we've got Greedfall, Shadow of the Tomb Raider and Maneater. Yeah, I already own that Tomb Raider game, but the other two I've I, I've never played. Yeah, Greedfall looks like it's a, uh, it's, from what I've seen of it, it's a third-person action RPG set in, uh, like, colonial times. And so you kind of go into an island and kind of build that island up, and it's you, it's, it's kind of a, just an RPG. Not really my cup of tea. Looks okay, looks mm-hmm. quite interesting. I, I know some people were raving about it, and it's supposed to be great. Um, it's been on PS Now for a couple of months anyway, and I haven't picked it up, so I it's not going to get me. 
I suppose the important thing to remember, listener, is that even if you don't have a PlayStation 5 now, if you go onto the app, you can still redeem these games. So what it means is that when you get your PS5, you've got a back catalogue there already. Even if you're on PS4, you can still redeem the PS5 game using the app. You can't do it on the normal PS4 storefront. So explain to me, Davey, you know, I, I've got my PS4. Um, I'm planning on buying a PS5, but I, but I see this offering of PS Plus. So you're saying I can sort of reserve these games and play them once I get my PS5? Yeah. Is that how it works? So you have to have PlayStation Plus already. So if you've got PlayStation Plus, say you've got it on your PS4 and you've got PlayStation Mm -hmm. Plus, then what you can do is go onto your app because you won't be able to do it from the store, from the PlayStation Store on the the PS4 because you'll only see the PS4 games being offered on there. But if you go onto your app on your phone, you can see the, the full library. What you do then is you right. go onto there, redeem them from there, and they're signed up to your account. So out of the three games, which ones of those are PS4 games? Because I know Shadow of the Tomb Raider has obviously been out a while, hasn't it? So that's probably the PS4 game. Uh, but Greedfall and Maneater, uh, are those the PS5 offerings? No. So Greedfall is a PlayStation 4 game, and it's Maneater that's the PlayStation 5. Now, it was originally right. a PlayStation 4 game. It launched last year. Uh, 2019, sorry, now, now that we're in 2021, two years ago now. But um, it's had a PlayStation 5 upgrade, so it's had ray tracing and a few extra bits added to it. i got to say, I didn't really notice any difference to how the game looked before. I don't think the ray tracing is really that that big of a deal. But <laughs> um, it's a fun game. I'm just happy that it's included. I Personally, I wouldn't care if it was three PlayStation 4 games. Most of the stuff I'm playing at the moment sure. is PlayStation 4, so... We're right at the start of the console generation. I I don't think you can expect too much, but they seem to be really pushing this one PlayStation 5, two PlayStation 4 thing. So we'll kind of see where we go from there. Inevitably, they're going to run out of titles, surely, if they don't start yeah. releasing games. Well, that's the thing. Like Spence said, um, you know, we know February's already, which is Destruction All-Stars, which was originally supposed to be a launch game for the PlayStation 5 and then got bumped back to February. And then they said, oh, don't worry, it's going to come free to PlayStation Plus which was awesome, which is a great, great idea to get people to to get people to dive into the game immediately because it is a multiplayer-only game. So you need to have that that backing behind it. But like Spencer, I don't know what the hell they're going to do after. No. To be fair, I mean, I had no idea about Worms Rumble even existing until we got it and no idea about Mania. So there might be something that comes out under the radar that just gets given to us. Like, who knows? Yeah, I mean, think about last year we had four guys. And no one knew about Fall Guys, and then we just got it. And then we were like, oh my god, this is going to be great. Very true. We all played it, so it could be anything, couldn't it? And who knows? Yeah. You know, months aren't equal. You get one month where you've got Farming Simulator. I mean, that wasn't a good month. So you're going to have this good mixture of, of, um, of games across the entire year, and some months are going to be shit, some months are going to be really good, but you just got to take those as they come. But anything else that you've been playing, Spence? Um, another game that I've been playing that I actually started and finished yesterday was the Call of Duty Cold War campaign. Oh, nice. I still haven't got around to playing that yet. So give me your thoughts on it. I literally don't know anything except for that one PlayStation reveal trailer that we saw. That's the only thing I've seen about it. I remember that. That's where they showed the RCX the end of the plane. That's it. it. That's the one I've seen. Yeah. Um, So my thoughts on it so far, it's brilliant. It is actually brilliant. Uh, Similar to like Modern Warfare was brilliant last year as well. They seem to be doing really well with the campaign at the minute. It's very short. This may be, I played it on Veterans, so it probably took me longer than it should have. Um, but there's a trophy for doing it on Veterans, so I did that. 
So it took me maybe nine hours, but usually it can be beaten on in like five to eight. That's a pretty decent length, to be honest. That's that's yeah, it's not that's bad. kind of exactly the length that I'd be looking for from a Call of Duty game. But how do you feel it stacks then? Like you, you did say about Modern Warfare's campaign, which was last year, which I think was excellent. I, I honestly thought it was one of the best campaigns I played of last year. I loved it. Thought it was so good, mm-hmm. so entertaining. How do you feel it compares to that? I think story wise, it beats it. Wow. It beats it quite easily. Um gameplay wise, maybe not. I'm only like I can only remember a bit of the Modern Warfare campaign. The story didn't really stick out to me too much, but the gameplay I think I remember. But in this one, the story is sick. The the game the gameplay bit that I will always remember from Modern Warfare uh, of of last year was the the part where you're going into like a tower block and you're going through and you're like breaching clearing all those rooms and some of them are terrorists. I knew and some you'd mention this one. It's one of the best. It was so te- uh, so tense the entire way. I thought it was brilliant. Such a good section. Reminded me so much of the old campaigns of, of your where it was, you know, like uh, all gillied up and all these different ones that are like so, so memorable from Modern Warfare and Modern Warfare 2 that just so epic and so good. And it just reminded me of that. It gave me so many flashbacks. It made me feel like I was 10 years younger again. It was it was class, <laughs> absolutely class. Um, but no, that's, I, I tell you what, I'm really excited to get into that. So how close are you now to getting platinum on, on Cold War? Because it's a mega rare one, as far as I'm aware, like 0.1%, I think. Yeah, it is 0.1. Um, well, each each different segment of the game, so multiplayer, zombies, and campaign, all have, platinum, all have trophies. I'm two trophies away from campaign. I think, and those are just go back through the story and do them on any difficulty. It won't take long. Um, zombies, I think I have two or three trophies. Then there's Dead Ops Arcade as well, the top-down zombie shooter really thing. Fancy I have that. all those trophies to do. Yeah, I've not tried that yet. And then multiplayer, there's quite a few, but none of them really seem very hard. So I don't think that would take long, just a bit of grinding one night, and that's done. Yeah, well, that would be an amazing... That would be, that'd be a real good platinum to have, actually, I think, just because of how rare it is. Uh, it would just be the rarest yeah. pattern that we all own, so decent. Do you think it'll be that rare by the time you get it, though, if you're saying it is quite easy to get? 100%. The The issue with, with it is um, it's always going to be rare with Call of Duty just because the player base is so huge. Sure. So it's literally 0.1% of the players playing Call of Duty are actually going to try to platinum just because all the other ones are just playing multiplayer. It's that such a sense. casual, heavy game that no one's really going for it. That seems such a, a shame because, you know, you're sort of saying that, you know, the story is, is is probably one of the best it's been for a while. And for all these kind of, you know, casual people that maybe just dip in and just play the multiplayer, they're missing out there, aren't they? Yeah, they 100% are missing out. A lot of people are quite faithful to the campaign of Call of Duty, I think, mostly because a lot of them have been playing for a few years. Mm-hmm. So um, typically they'll have played maybe Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare 2, Black Ops, and whenever they get a chance, they will play campaign. But nowadays, probably most people are just playing multiplayer and skipping the campaign, which is a shame. Was it two years ago that they released the COD game without the campaign, where they were running short on time when they first released Warzone? I think so. And I remember people going nuts for that, but ultimately it didn't impact the sales. The sales were still absolutely phenomenal. So people obviously don't care too much. I suppose the main draw is the multiplayer. But I was only saying this to you the other day, Spence, actually, that... I gotta say, Call of Duty this year, in my opinion, is the best bang for buck out of any game I can actually imagine. The zombies content yeah. alone, we've put probably twenty odd hours into at this point. 
Multiplayer is probably similar amount. And we got a campaign and a second top-down shooter. I love top-down shooters. And that included two. It's phenomenal, really. I mean, granted, before I give Activision too many props, their money-grabbing is egregious. They are horrendous. Yeah. You know, having, having battle passes in a paid-for game is just not acceptable, in my opinion. It's ridiculous. And having all these different, like, paid-for gun um, gun tags and all this different shit that you can put on your gun. It's all bullshit, right? I don't think it has any place belonging in a 70-quid game. But in terms of the actual content that's there for that 70-quid price, phenomenal. Um, I think the issue with the Battle Pass, obviously it is a bit grim. But as far as I know, I think the Battle Pass only applies to Warzone, which is a free-to-play part of the game. You get um you get upgrades and stuff like you get like uh double XP bonuses, weapon skins, everything like that that can be used across all game modes. Oh, never mind. Yeah, you can use it in zombies, you can use it in um in I don't know about dead ops, but you can use it in I know you can use it in the multiplayer and zombies modes anyway. But they are nothing crazy there, there's nothing game breaking or anything like that. But I do always just think I'm used to seeing the stuff in Apex. Apex, Fortnite, you know, those kind of games where it's free to play. And I got no problem with it, yeah. absolutely none. But seeing it in COD, it's just it's just weird. It just feels weird. I don't know. What, I I just not a big fan of it. But then at the same time, they are giving away maps for free. So it's this bit of a yeah. trade off for now. Yeah, for now. I I don't. For yeah, now. I don't know. I'm a little bit torn. But it, it's weird. I don't like it. But you can't expect something for nothing. I guess you know. Realistically, no. anything else then, Spence? Um, there's one other game I've been playing. Here we I go. I think you boys will be quite excited to talk about it. Um, I've been streaming Resident Evil 1 Remaster. So what was the reason you picked that game out, Spencer? Well, I mean, I've just been hearing so many good things. Resident Evil Village is coming out soon. Just felt it had to happen, didn't it? Nice. It's a very good choice. Um, I've been tuning in, definitely, seeing your progression through the game. It's been very entertaining. Oh, yeah. Um, so far, so far it's fun. It is a fun game. Um, I'm kind of at a point in it where I'm not sure how to progress or where to go. From me just watching the stream, and I know I probably haven't been helping because I've been no. either critiquing, no, or I've been giving you too many hints, and then everyone else in the chat tells me off for giving you too many hints. Right? You are the worst person to be watching a stream, Davy. What? Why? You are cr- you are crazy critical. You know, you, you put way too much pressure on people. <laughs> like, you see those tags that say no backseat gaming? That's exactly what yeah. you're doing. That's exactly <laughs> you, mate. <laughs> I'm just trying to help. I'm just trying to help. We'll come on to you and God of War in a bit, Phil, so don't worry. I won't forget. <laughs> but um, I know it's coming. The thing that I, I found, you seem to be struggling a little bit on, on what you're doing at any point, like in terms of where you need to go or what you need to kind of look for or what to kind of do. Do you think that's just a case of the only Resident Evil experience you've had so far is, you know, five and six, which are more these kind of action, quite linear experiences in terms of just kind of guiding you through it? Do you think that's it? And it's just a case of like a bit of a teething problem? Or would you say it's something else? Yeah, I I think that is definitely it. I think it's just a fact that... I, I, in my opinion, this game feels like it's from a whole different series to 5 and 6. This game is like playing a Resident Evil for the first time, yeah. which I basically am. And I'm just not sure how to process the game or how to do it, you know? 
you know, my, my experience of playing, you know, the original Resident Evil was hours and hours and hours just roaming around that mansion, not having a clue what was going on. Because ultimately, the time I played it, you know, it, internet access was probably quite limited, you know. You you had to wait for a guide to be released uh, when the, the original yeah. came out on PS1. So, yeah, that's what you're experiencing live on Twitch for your viewers. <laughs> you running around yeah. that mansion, not having a clue. <laughs> We've been there. That's the thing. And I think... The the reason why I suppose it's is is quite hard for me I suppose to to just sit back and watch is because there's so many things that you learn just through hardship in Resident Evil, like in terms of every item you collect, examining it fully, literally flipping it over and just pretty much mashing X because you're checking every single indentation, you're checking everything to see if it opens or or what it does or if there's something on the back of it, and so. When I was watching you to start with, and he'd like pick up a file, skip through it really quick, put it down and start getting back to gameplay, I was like, oh shit, he's not going to have a fucking clue. Because it's all in either the <laughs> files or the objects you pick up. The pain of picking up an item, putting it in your item box, and then realizing you need to go back in, then examine it, missing what you need to examine, putting it back <laughs> in your item box, rolling around the mansion for another hour, <laughs> going back to that, and going, oh no, there's a button on the bottom of this statue for some crazy reason. And you press the button and a key pops out his head or, you know, something very crazy Resident Evil-esque. Um, yeah, you know, we're, we're used to that kind of mentality when it comes to Resident Evil, but as your first kind of, I suppose, pure Resident Evil, I suppose we call it. Yeah, so this is the purest yeah. experience of Resident Evil, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome to welcome to Resident Evil, Spencer. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. It's a brilliant game so far. And I think I made a good choice in playing the remaster rather than the original. Oh, 100%. I agree on that. Mostly just because it has analog controls. I think if you had played the original, all these pain points that you're, you're kind of explaining now would be tenfold. Because yeah. the, the graphics would add to everything. So when you're examining things, you're examining four or ten or eight pixels there. <laughs> you're not going to yeah. be able to even understand what the item is. <laughs> yeah. And I think the thing about the, the remake of Resident Evil 1 is just that it's so faithful to the original, but then they add content to it. It's a better game than the original in literally every single way. I don't think there's any person alive that would say to you that Resident Evil 1 OG is better than remake. I don't think there's anybody who would say that. Because it, it just takes everything that's good about the original, literally everything, puts it all in, and then adds extra. It's, it's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. The only people saying stay in, stay in that, you know, would, would, would be for, for nostalgia reasons, really, you know. Like, if I was going to go back and play Resident Evil, and I, and I wanted, you know, that pure experience, then maybe I would go back to Resident Evil, you know, the original on the PS1, because I own that copy. I own a PS1. And, you know, to go back and you know, see that and relive it on, on the original hardware might mean something to me. But for Spence, because I suppose of your age and, you know, your experiences with Resident Evil, this is probably the best one for you to be jumping in on. Yeah, I completely agree. I, th I think it is a brilliant game. So this is your first um, fixed camera Resident Evil, isn't it? Yeah, Resident Evil, definitely. I'm not sure. Uh, probably game as well, actually. Yeah. Yeah, because there's not many modern games that sort of adopt that unless you know, they are trying to represent Resident Evil in some way or kind of arc back to that kind of idea. I could probably say that the reason they chose that originally was was down to, you know, hardware limitations and kind of processing. Yeah. You know, how how are you finding not knowing what's around that corner? <laughs> usually it's fine because I'm playing it on PC, I have my headset on, I can usually hear what's around corners. 
And there's a lot of the game uh, where it kind of tells you, it gives you hints. Like there was a zombie outside a window at one point, you could see the shadow. Uh, there's one one um, room where you enter and it's, you have to walk backwards, but you can't see behind you. So they placed a mirror in front of you so that it kind of reflects it. It's cool. It's nice. It's subtle as well. But I think hearing is the biggest thing because I remember I walked into a room, heard footsteps just sprinting at me and just I didn't even see anything. I just went, nah, nope, nope, turn around. I just left what? the room. What was that? A crimson head? It definitely was a crimson head. Went straight to my item box, grabbed the shotgun and went back. That's the thing. Exactly what you said. The use of sound in the fixed camera angle, Resident Evils in the original trilogy and in Code Veronica 2 actually, is so important because you know immediately after you've played it through, after you've encountered every enemy at least once, they each have their own unique sound palette. So you know immediately. You can walk in and you can hear like a... And you're like, it's a liquor. Or it's a hunter or whatever it is, right? You can hear whatever the noise is. Really? And you just know. And you're like, oh, shit. And then you're like, okay, time to pull out a shotty. Time to pull out a grenade launcher. Time to run or get prepared to run, whatever it is. And that's what I love about it. For me, just opening the door is just scary every time. Just that slow. Iconic, isn't it? So, it is so iconic. And it's also just so effective. Spencer says about, you know, wearing his headset while he's playing on his PC. I'm trying to think back what hardware I was playing on on my PS1. So it must have been a, the days of the CRTs. Uh, I was 100% not using a headset. So all these kind of, you know, wearing a headset to play video games, that was that was such a foreign kind of idea back in PS1 days. Well, you're thinking with when this came out on the GameCube for Resident Evil Remake, I was playing it in a room. I remember exactly where I was when I played it for the first time. I was in a house party and it was we said it was a house party. It was basically there was like six of us and we were like 16, and we looked too young to get served. So we were all in, in someone's living room, playing Resident Evil, all just watching. Everyone's just watching me play it, basically. And it was just an experience. We just had a shared experience playing it for the first time. We just cacked our pants. All of us were just cacking our yeah. pants, because it just looked <laughs> incredible. I mean, the game looks amazing now. It even holds up today. At the time, when I played it on GameCube, I couldn't believe it could even run. It looked absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> I, I remember playing it through and I remember having a sleepover. I think it may have, may have actually been my brother's sleepover at the time. And my mum coming in and saying, you're not going to be playing Resident Evil tonight because you'll all get nightmares. And her <laughs> physically taking the game away from us so we couldn't play Resident Evil. That's how scary that game is. <laughs> or was, anyway. I would have got nightmares from your mum coming in nicking the game. No, mum. No, <laughs> yeah. give it back. Uh, I mean, I'm playing it now with the remaster, obviously, and at the start, at least, I did find it a bit spooky. Uh, I turned the lights off in my room, made everything dark. It's, you're a bit scared to walk, really, aren't you? You're a bit scared to enter some doors. Well, I was going to say that, Spence. When I when I tuned into your stream, you did have the lights off, so you were playing it on quite a, quite an extreme difficulty there by adding your own kind of, like, scariness in your bedroom by turning the lights up. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's intentional. You, I want, I you weren't helping it. yourself there. No, but that was the whole point. I wanted it. I wanted to experience it as best as I could. But then obviously, after playing it for a little while, after experiencing the zombies firsthand and stuff, it's just the, the fear kind of just dies with it, I think. Because as soon as you get uh, better suited to deal with the zombies, it's just less scary, really. Yeah, I you know, I, I agree with you know, some of the points that Davey was making about revelations in his um, in his YouTube video. Sort of, it's it's the item management and being sort of 
overpowered at certain points throughout the game at the start of the game when you've got limited kind of resources and and you're coming up against you know bad guys that you may you might have to choose to avoid because you haven't got the ammunition to deal with them that's what resident evil that's that's why resident evil is scary when you walk around the corner and you're overpowered you've got the rocket launcher and you've got a grenade launcher a flamethrower they don't seem so much of a threat what you're gonna find as in the as the weeks go by and we do this podcast so hopefully by next by next episode you might have completed it what you're going to find is that Resident Evil goes in these peaks and troughs. And I've only noticed it now from playing so many back-to-back for, for my channel. But what you find is that you'll end up, you'll have loads of ammo. You'll have loads of ammo for about an hour, maybe. And you'll be like, okay, this is fine. And then you get into a boss fight and you come out of it and you're like, I've got nothing. i got nothing left. <laughs> what is going on? And, and then you get into the point where you're like, everything I've got now, I'm just going to put in the item box. I'm going to limit everything I've got and you just make it artificially hard for yourself. Well, that's what I do anyway. There's definitely exceptions to that rule because Resident Evil 3, do you ever run out of oh. ammunition in the remake? No. Oh my God. No, never. No You've chance. got so much. It don't matter. Just shoot a couple of shots off when you're walking around. <laughs> you know, if you get a headshot, shoot one in the sky to celebrate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Resident, yeah, Resident <laughs> Evil 3 is a different kind of game. Uh, but with Resident Evil 1 remake and 2 remake, you're definitely going to be counting those shots later. I can assure you of that. But, uh, but it'd be interesting to hear as you go from here and, and see what you get up to. Speaking of streaming and playing games through, Phil, I've tuned into a couple of your God of War streams, and I tell you what, mate, you've gotten so much better at that game than you were last time I saw you. Thank you, mate. Right, And I know the reason why my gameplay has gone from probably replaying every fight, you know, five, ten times, to now going through maybe on my first or my second time. It's because I've leveled the character up. I've gone into the skills and leveled all those skills up. I've looked at all the items and upgraded the items. Kratos is now overpowered for where I am in the game. I've done the side missions and I've everything I see I kill with God of War. So yeah, Kratos is a he's a beast at the moment. Let me just correct that. The kid is a beast. Kratos is still a pussy. <laughs> you still take you still got so, shite armor then. You still got shite armor so probably. I, so I'm probably playing the game quite differently to how, how, how you may have played in the past or, you know, how, how the game's meant to be played. So Atreus, he pretty much tanks everything for me while <laughs> God of War, old Kratos, he goes ranged. So you're just, you're just literally sending your son out to get beaten up while you, Kratos, the, the God of War, the absolute beast who takes out gods, is standing at the back for, to fight a troll. I might be a god... But my son is invincible. <laughs> he is literally invincible. You throw him into the crowd and he starts like doing the melee attacks, jumping on their backs. And I'm at the back, you know, pointing all those, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm going to hit him on the knee. I'm going to hit him on the head. I'm going to hit him on the shoulder. Throw the axe in, you know, let it do the work. I don't get touched. And, you know, I'm getting through the game. I swear, whenever I've tuned in, the earlier streams were like I was watching you do a Dark Souls playthrough. It was, I've never seen Kratos be so behind his shield. I don't know how he even looked forward. He just had a shield in front of his face the entire time. I just didn't have any skills, mate, at that point. I just didn't level the skills. Have you got to the mountain yet? Are you still working your way up to that point? Uh, The point I left off uh, on my last stream uh, was the point I'm inside the mountain and we are going up the lift. There's like a pincer that you go on the back of kind of like a train. Yeah, and and, and you get boosted up the mountain. So that's where I'm at at the moment. Nice, nice. Okay, brilliant. So has there been anything else that you've been playing then, Phil? Or has that pretty much been all your time? 
PlayStation wise, yes, that's that's the only PlayStation title I've actually been playing. You know, I I haven't had that draw like you lads to to get the platinum trophy on Miles Morales just yet. I think I might leave it for a while and then jump back in, um, so it isn't so fresh in my mind. For PlayStation, that's that's it. I've I've been playing a little bit of um, League. I've got back and into that recently because uh, we've we've got the new season and I'm on my grind to silver with my new duo partner and that's going pretty well. Been playing the the mobile games as I do a little bit of Raid, a little bit of Eve. Um, and then I've been getting into chess. We've had a couple of games, oh, yeah. Davey. We're one one at the moment, so we are bring on the next game. I was robbed, listener, last uh, last game we played, but I will concede I did lose. It, it was a robbery because Phil. Here comes changed, the excuses. He changed the rules. He had uh, he had it so that you don't confirm your moves after you move. You just so you click a piece, put where you want to put it, and it just auto. It does that instead of the other games I play against proper chess people. Uh, like our friend Willard, it's a case of you can click your piece and you can move it and then re- assess your option before you then confirm. You're accusing me of changing the rules of chess. I would say so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I stand by that. You you changed chess and you made it into some some bastard child, which I, I barely recognize. Well, right. Okay, David. I'm going to interject quickly. I like chess quite a lot and I agree with Phil's rule. Thank you. And I didn't fund his beer tonight, so there's no bias here. Well, regardless, I take my loss as a man. I said, GG's. I did issue a challenge two days ago to you as ranked, and you still haven't accepted it, though. So... I'll accept, I'll accept it right now, mate. Oh, okay. All right. You put me, you put me on the spot. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. But you like to play chess in the way that if, 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 if we were sat opposite each other, you would put a piece down... You would then reassess what you've done, then pick that piece back up and put it back and go, no, I didn't mean that. No, I didn't mean that. Well, as long as you no. keep your finger if, on if you, it, you, it's if not you put that piece down, if you put that piece down, that's your move. You have to leave it, mate. There's no... There, Only if you let your hand off. I'm not off. giving you any... Only if you let the hand I'm off. Not, if you still got your finger I'm on it, you, you can do chances. whatever you want with it. Right. Well, then hold on. What have you been playing chess on? Mobile? Yeah. Mobile. Yeah. So when you dragged the chess piece, did you let go of the chess piece to move it? He did. You don't. You clicked in two places. You click, you click, click. So it's like as if you move it, but it's like as if your finger's still on it. It does make sense. So that first clip is you grabbing it, and that second click is you letting go. Spence, I'm quite happy to take my L here. I'm not, I'm not, I'm saying it's a bastard version of the game, granted, but I'm happy to take my L. So it's 1-1. One, one. After hearing both of you, after hearing you explain, I agree with both of you, because I think Phil should have won that game, but I do agree with you. If you're still holding the piece, you can take it back. What? Yeah. But he wasn't, was he? Really? <laughs> no, he wasn't. That's he the let, thing. He fully he, let he, it go. He let go of it. Then he saw me take his queen and he thought, oh, fuck. I've lost now. <laughs> now I need an excuse. Listener, I didn't want to go into this, but it's being drawn out of me now. When I moved my piece, basically was I was set up for a checkmate. I had two moves in front of me, which were planned, which would have moved into checkmate. And I moved my bishop. I had originally meant to move it up into top right. And then what happened was that I was assessing that situation. I thought, what would happen if I put it back down to where it was originally? So then I went to, to move it back to the previous move. And it accidentally classed that as a movement. So I immediately messaged Phil. I said, can I do a take back very quick, which is where you undo the move? And he said, lol, no. And that is how <laughs> I ended up losing that game of chess. I don't think those were my words, but if you I, I if, if you'd like me to bring it up, moves right now. Your your exact your exact expression was smiley face with crying out of it. 
Lol, no, haha. Get good, mate. That was your exact expression. There we go. There we go. <laughs> go on, Phil. So I take my right, L's. Mate. Right. Let let me save you the embarrassment, Davy. <laughs> what have you been playing? So on my YouTube channel, which you can find at SSJ Davy, if you type that into YouTube, you'll find I've just played through and completed Resident Evil Revelations. So sticking on the Resident Evil topic that we got going here at the moment. My full thoughts are on that review, but I gotta say, I I loved it. I thought it was really fun, really really fun game. Different kind of experience than what I originally anticipated it was going to be going into it, knowing it's a 3DS game originally. So, so you played this through on PS4, did you say? Yeah, yeah. So I played it as part of the PS4 HD remaster they did a couple of years back, and uh, right. yeah, it was it was excellent. There is a raid mode attached to it, but I'm not really too interested. Uh, a couple of the people who've watched my video commented on it saying about to check out the raid mode and that's really fun. But I, I don't really play Resident Evil for the additional modes that are included in there. And I've got other things to do. So I probably aren't going to play it. I'm probably not going to bother. But I did appreciate people, you know, expressing that it is fun. But it's just not really my cup of tea. Like the time attack modes and things like that they put in. Even mercenaries I'm not really a big fan of when it comes to Resident Evil. So I just like the story and, and playing it through that way. Multiplayer has never been anything that they've, you know, excelled at really with Resident Evil, to my knowledge, anyway. And I'm someone who owns, you know, the the multiplayers for the PS2, uh, where I couldn't actually play it multiplayer online. It was only for the US. Yeah, yeah. What well, you mean for Outbreak? You on about Outbreak? That's um Outbreak and Outbreak File Two. I own both of those games, and in the UK, initially, anyway, you couldn't play those online on PS2. Yeah, Outbreak One, it was you couldn't play. I think Outbreak Two, you could, but Outbreak One, right? Uh, Outbreak One, if I remember rightly, I remember when I was a kid when that game was first coming out. I was probably about eleven, maybe, and um, so you were probably what thirty-two, and uh, that's not age shaming here. <laughs> and <laughs> and <laughs> I went to I went to this place. Davey, who won that chess game again? You age with age comes wisdom, Phil, isn't it? But yeah, when I was about eleven and the game came out, I went to this event in London in Ills Court. There was a PlayStation centric event, and they had like all different games you could try, and it was like a, a it was a really cool thing actually. But they had Outbreak mm. there before the game came out, and they had it set up with five PlayStation twos, which were across the venue, and you were all playing together to do Outbreak, and it was phenomenal. I could only dream of that, mate. That must have been incredible. Oh, it was yeah. so much fun. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. And then when the news came out then, a few months after, that they said, no, we're not going to include online multiplayer with Outbreak 1. We can't get it right or whatever. I was gutted because that was such a stellar experience. It was so fun playing with five other people. Obviously, we couldn't talk or anything. We were all over the venue, so we couldn't even see each other. We just sat on beanbags or whatever with a PlayStation 2 controller with a CRT <laughs> there in front of us. It was It was really fun. Loved it. And so I was gutted when that game came out and it didn't have it, but still a fun experience regardless. For my full thoughts on Resident Evil, just check out my review. That's got everything in there that you could need, really. But other than that, the other game I've been playing quite a lot of, I've actually completed it, and I'm doing a second playthrough at the moment, is Telltale and Skybound's The Walking Dead, the final season. It is phenomenal. I loved it absolutely loved it it is in my opinion the second best season of the walking dead the first season is fun is the best one just mm-hmm. close behind that the final season close so close honest to god it's so close wow. Got some amazing moments i loved it i absolutely loved it it's brilliant and the the graphics 
and gameplay that they've improved on this compared to the others is sensational. I, I can't rate it enough. Honestly, I got it as part of the January sale. If you get chance to get it reduced and you get it for like 10 or 13 quid, which is why I paid for it, do it. Brilliant. Um, how come you're playing it for a second time? Because I want the Platinum. How Does it require more than one playthrough? Yeah, so unlike previous, as we all know, and we've said a couple of times, like with Spencer's um, fake Platinum that he's got on Game of Thrones, on Telltale Games, you get Platinum normally just for playing the game through. And The Walking Dead, the final season, is the only one that doesn't do that. The majority of trophies are missable now. So you can't, and you literally can't do them all in one playthrough. You can if you do some save scumming. So if you, you know, yeah. save at certain key points and make separate decisions. But to be honest, the story's so fun. I want to see where it goes if I choose other things. So it is well worth a second playthrough. Uh, so I'm really glad about the way they've done it. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to playing it through another time now and making my characters completely different to how they were when it start, when I when I played it through last time. See what comes up. Really fun. Because obviously, Spence, you've played, you've played The Walking Dead season one, right? That's the only one that you've played? Um, I've played a few of them. I can't really remember which ones. Um, I watched a few playthroughs of the others. I've li- I've seen every single thing, uh, every season. But I played, I think one, two. Which one's this one? Which this, number is this? This will be number four. This is number yeah. four. Oh, I must have played one and two then. Okay, so number three you can kind of forget ever happened. Number three is terrible. Yeah, it's really bad. But one and two are great, and four kind of feels like the natural carryover, to be honest, of two. Um, even though three does sure. exist, but it's just not that good. So next up, I've got something different for you guys. I've gone and set up an interview with streamer Geojack HD. Coming up next. To switch things up for 2021, I have with me Geojack HD. He's an avid PlayStation fan and Twitch streamer. Jack, welcome to the podcast. Pleased to have you. Thank you very much. Honor to be here. Thank you. To kick things off, why don't you give me and the listeners a bit of background on you? And your journey with PlayStation and gaming in general. Beginning my journey, obviously, uh, I rooted from PlayStation actually, as long as far back as memory can go back. Um, if I'm honest, the first time I ever played a game console was the PlayStation One around my nan's. Okay. I always remember coming home from school. My school was literally about two minutes walk down the road. Uh, always go to my nan's after after school. She'd have a little tiny little box TV. Honestly, I am. Um, makes a 22 inch uh pc monitor look giant now but um you know the bad graphics the tiny little pixelated screen the joy cons like non-existent on the original controller i'm not sure if you can uh um, image the original playstation controller as i know it well yeah i know (laughs) it well definitely Definitely. yeah it brings Um, back uh i say fond memories but um i think some of the games back on the ps1 were incredible um I feel like obviously PS1 was obviously being PlayStation's first console. I feel like it really sparked something off with the game. And obviously you already had all other sorts of consoles out at the time. But I do think uh, PlayStation was a bit of a level up on that sort of situation. Sure, sure. So when, when, when you used to, uh, you know, go down to your nans and you were, you were playing the PS1, what, what sort of games did your nan own? Oh, she had a, a big cardboard box just full of games, all different games, ones what you could never expect that I had. Uh, she had, I think, was the one of the original GTAs, like the Bird's oh, really? Eye. Yes, yes. <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, not for what she played, but she knew I played them. So, like, right, the game. right. And obviously back then, I think any PS1 game she saw, she'd pick up for me. And 
obviously set in London, pixelated, bird's eye view, you know, like just rotating the, the, rotating the arrow keys just to turn around and it'd be like them orange dots going across the screen for the bullets. And that's, that's really funny. Like, along with that, uh, obviously classics, what they've remastered since like Crash Bandicoot, Spyro, sure. literally sure. all those classic indies and adventure games are just a hell load like that. I think the only game, my nan must've had about 200 games in that box. Honestly, that's quite a collection. It was definitely a collection. It'd probably be worth something now. <laughs> but um, all honesty, not all of them were probably in their cases, but that's just part of being a kid, I feel. <laughs> sure, yeah, no, I know. Um, you know, that that takes me back to when, you know, with my PlayStation 1, like, uh, the, all the games were always thrown around. You know, we always had, like, definitely. cracked boxes and, you know, you'd, games in different uh, cases and things like that and you know you lose the instructions but ultimately if we had kept those they probably would have been worth some money i feel like the problem with the games back then were the cases were like a glass more of a fragile plastic weren't they like you could they just like, open it and it'd snap <laughs> it'd be on them little hinges <laughs> very true so so these games um your nan didn't play herself so you didn't walk in and your nan was um you know uh flying around london and gta <laughs> no my nan weren't doing, my nan weren't flying around doing hit and runs through london or chinatown or anything she weren't she weren't literally like racing around i think the only game i ever saw my nan play would have been uh i believe it was Bomberman. okay yeah i know uh, the game. I, I believe that was the only game she mainly had the playstation for <laughs> she would play Bo she'd play Bomberman on the evenings with my granddad or something did you ever play your nan at uh, Bomberman? Because I know some of the games you stream are quite competitive. Did you get that competitive oh, nature I, from your grandparents, maybe? I feel like <laughs> I've produced that competitive nature. My nan and granddad weren't really ones to be com very competitive, maybe doing a crossword or something or a Sudoku. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, definitely not with gaming. I feel like I've brought that, the roots of competitive, into my family, to my younger siblings. Sure. Uh, obviously, sure. being a, being the, on, the oldest sibling. Uh, I feel like I'm the one who has to win every time. <laughs> sure. So, so you mentioned you you started off with the PS One. Um, yes. Have you always been, um, you know, someone to sort of buy the latest consoles, or is it sort of later on into the generation? Maybe you would pick up a console dependent on a game being released. I've always bought all the latest consoles. I've gone from the PlayStation One to the Two to the Three to the Four. Um, arguably, I could have maybe if I stayed awake a little longer had the PS Five by now. Ooh. But um, obviously, we we know by that rate that um, how fast they sold out. So, what what was your experience trying to get get hold of a PS Five? Um, um, because we we've had this discussion on the on on the podcast. All all three of the hosts, uh, myself, Davey, and, and and Spencer, we all managed to secure a PS Five. We we all just bought them either either through um, I believe Davey and Spencer went to game and bought theirs, and um, I actually got mine from Amazon. Oh. Um, so, what, what what was your experience? Oh, it was terrible. It was it was absolutely terrible. Um, I was doing a, I think it ended up being a 15-hour live stream. Okay. Uh, I, I was live streaming for the main purpose to keep me awake. Mm -hmm. uh, playing Call of Duty for 15 hours straight. And you can imagine me slumped in my chair, 5 o'clock in the morning, 6 o'clock in the morning. Finally, like, I was, I was dozing off on stream. Like, I was falling asleep on the stream and uh <laughs> we've all been uh, there with games we've all been there with definitely games. we've yeah. always been there with that one game what keeps us awake and we just don't want to put down but i think it was curries came first that went into meltdown the website disappeared after waiting about half an hour in a queue of like sixty thousand people i tried all of them i had i had uh stock informer open so it obviously sure. alerted me every single time something come in stock 
never went off, not once. So, uh, and obviously I'm sure you're aware of all like the problems, what many retailers had came yeah. in, didn't even appear on a website for like most users. Uh, I believe that's the main issue I had. Um, I had viewers sure. coming in every half an hour, every hour. I had uh, one of my younger viewers. He's, I think he's 15, just turned 16. He'll, he's in my chat a lot on my stream still. He's come over from my YouTube days. Didn't miss a single stream for 2020, uh, which is incredible for someone of that age, not missing a single stream. And he woke up. He said, you come in my stream. I'll always remember it because it was just like, why did you do that sort of moment? He came into the stream and I was like, hang on a minute. Yeah. Why is someone in my stream at this time? They've got to be like where my family is in Australia or something. Sure. Uh, no, someone from from the UK, 15-year-old, 16-year-old, coming in the UK, had school that morning. He was like, I set my alarm for half four or five o'clock just so I can see if you've got a PlayStation. That's some dedication, man. That is you, dedication right there. You, and, um, I've, you've I've, got some amazing fans there. I've got some really lovely people in my community. And uh, because of his dedication, his commitment with my channel all over these years, I think it's four years now, uh, and he's always one of the first people in my streams. So I rewarded him last week with a moderator of my channel. So nice. I gave him that little role, just a little bit of a thank you. So if you were able to um, source a PS5, um, what, what game would you be sort of um, looking forward to playing? Is there anything coming up um, in, the, in the next year that you're really hype about with PS5? Uh, I don't think there's a particular title that I would be hyped up coming like in the next year. There's so many titles. Obviously, I follow the fran- uh, so many franchises every single year. For example, Call of Duty is a game I get every year. So obviously, if sure. I got a PS5, it would be Call of Duty Cold War. Uh, there would be some FIFA on there, which I like to get very competitive at. Nice. <laughs> Just so many. Obviously, the new Hitman game was coming out. That will be a big hit for me. Nice. So, so you sort of mentioned that you've you've owned uh, PS One, PS Two, uh, all the way up now to PS Four, and you're still after the PS Five. Yeah. If you had to pick a favorite console of those, and ultimately to answer this, it doesn't have to be Sony. So, if for example, you one of your favorite consoles is the Xbox, then this section will get cut out of the interview. <laughs> but you're happy to you're free to mention it now if you like. You're you're safe with this one. It's not Xbox. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, as as much as I have enjoyed certain titles on that platform, I'd have to arguably say the GameCube is my nice. favorite in general. Very um very enjoyable time. I own it to this day. It's actually my favorite console as well. It's a good pick. Definitely uh, playing all the sort of games on there. You had like Mario Sunshine Island, which I can remember walking around with the water flamethrower sort of thing and. Pikmin, just running around with the little people, gathering them all up, doing these little story missions. I feel like the stories on games back then were just incredible. Nice. As good as they are now, I don't think that GameCube can be beaten in my heart, really. Because you've picked uh, the GameCube, I know I know the other lads, uh, they're keen Smash Brothers players. Um, did, did you ever jump on that game at all? I have played my fair share of Smash Brothers. Um, I would say it's one of my overall favorite games of all time i wouldn't say it's one i would play as many hours as i put in like on stream with call of duty or something because most of my viewers know me for call of duty they've come from call of duty backgrounds with me but smash bros is definitely one i am just holding back on the switch at the moment so <laughs> i don't really at this very moment i don't really want to kind of like splash out on the smash bros obviously because it's still very expensive but uh, Nintendo I, tend to uh, sort of hold their price with games, don't they? They, they are very good at holding their prices up and uh, they still make a lot of sales for it. <laughs> so um, all the best of luck for them. But I obviously won't be getting it just yet. But yes, Smash Bros is 
very very high up on my list cool so so you mentioned um pikmin uh super mario sunshine and obviously smash brothers um for games that sort of stick out to you for uh for the gamecube if we're going back to the playstation to bring this kind of yeah, back yeah. on track as we are a playstation podcast <laughs> um what what are your favorite games on playstation jack oh are we talking in general or are we in talking general in general no in no general. certain platform okay so no uh, platform or one to five hit me it can even be a PSP game if you... Uh... Uh, I would probably say from the early days, Modern Warfare 2. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Definitely just running back from school, literally running back from school, trying to beat your mates, get online first. On the fr- Arguably, it's going to mention the 360. Literally jumping on the Xbox 360, um, screaming down the mic at my friends, raging in the good old 2009 lobbies of Call of Duty um something that i don't feel people will know very much of nowadays you've got a lot of younger quality general like players so true um but i think i think that's a game definitely that a lot of our listeners would uh, would agree with you you know um call of duty definitely seems to be up there in people's top tens still yeah. to this day doesn't it so uh it's such a good game but it has i had this discussion the other day with a couple of my mates while we we're playing call of duty the audience for call of duty every year is constantly rotating Mm-hmm. as much as i'd like to be playing call of duty when i'm 60 70 years old <laughs> um <laughs> why not why not i probably will be knowing me um fingers crossed you can still stream <laughs> exactly you could still stream and uh i just think it's there's a very it's very different now compared to those days in 2009 2010 playing modern warfare 2 um as much as they could remaster these games mm-hmm. i feel that remastering a game isn't the right path for them to go down because of that reason there's new audiences that the game's not going to be treated the same no it's going to be the same model of the game just copy and pasted with better resolution but the player base is what makes the call of duty game in my opinion uh and i feel like cold war has potentially been let down by the player base because right. uh, obviously it's got a lot of arguments against it uh obviously because you've got a lot more younger people in now uh, and these younger kids they're not all running around trick shot on quick scope and 360 <laughs> and there's there's me on there you'll come into my stream sometimes and i'm trying to just sit there i will die 50 times just to get one kill with this amazing trick shot or something jumping off the balcony on the back of the map on nuketown but um yeah i just i i think modern warfare 2 in general is a game they should leave in the past but i'll forever should- go back to you say um, the the kids won't won't have that nostalgia element when it comes to sort of the older versions of modern warfare. Um, but as we're speaking, I can hear uh, the cries of a child in the background from your side. Uh, are, are you are you training up your uh, you know the the the, the next um, uh, cod streamer? There, uh, I, I could I can only hope. Um, obviously, uh, welcoming my daughter into the world. Congratulations, to man! Today. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, welcomed her into the world two weeks ago today uh just before the new year uh and we've got christopher who's about to turn two so he'll be on my he'll be on my watch list to uh be taking this seat in a couple of years time when i get a better setup but, uh, i've already had i've had that conversation with him i said he doesn't have a clue what i'm on about i've just said that desk is going to be yours in a couple of years time uh, yeah. and i think that's when he's at the happiest is when he's sat in my desk chair They'll be into it before you know, mate. You'll be oh, you'll be moving over, and uh, your son will be taking over, and then it'll be your daughter. <laughs> oh. um, 
just just a quick question here from from one of the other hosts um davy okay. he, he he he's got a family as well okay. um and, and his question sort of surrounds how you juggle the family life um and and streaming life how, how do you how do you sort of balance the two I, I believe the magic, the, the, the magic, what works around that whole area of balance and family life and streaming life is schedules. During the day, if I want to set up a stream, my stream will be on both of my monitors set up, ready to go live at nine o'clock if it's sure. a stream day, about 11 o'clock in midday. Because you have quite a, a regular schedule, don't you? From, yes. from what I've, I've been seeing recently um, on, on your Twitter and on your Twitch channel, you, you stick to regular nights of streaming, don't you? Uh, I do. Uh, every Tuesday, Thursday and Saturday, 9pm till midnight here in the UK. Um, I say I, I state the UK at the end of that because a lot of my viewers are international. Uh, nice. I've got viewers from some countries that I didn't even expect people watching like my, my streams from them. Uh, but obviously my audience in America and Australia are my two biggest ones at the moment, I think, as long as a lot other than UK. And, and what is that channel if people do want to follow you? Uh, that is HD on uh, Twitch TV. So uh, twitch.tv forward slash geojackhd, that's G-E-O, not G-O, because that is one of the main arguments I get about <laughs> my channel when I say it on something where they can't physically see the name. Literally that every Tuesday, Thursday and Saturday, 9pm. Okay, Jack, I'm going to put you on the spot. I want your top three games on your PS4. Okay, so my top three games I've had to choose would be Marvel Spider-Man, Detroit Become Human and Cold War. Nice. Spider-Man going in number one, yeah? Oh, definitely, definitely, definitely Spider-Man number one. Open world, combat is sleek. I haven't played the Miles Morales yet, but I will be. That is 100%. That, that was my next question, because I've just recently uh, <laughs> come off playing that on the on the PS5. Um, do you think that's a game you'll, you'll save for the PS5, or do you, do you think you'll pick it up on the PS4? I will save that for PS5. Definitely, 100%. That will probably be the first console game. I, that'll be a disc game I get. Like some of my top games, what I want to remember, I get on disc. Some of the bigger titles like Call of Duty, I get on disc. I don't download them because I want that case on the shelf sort of thing for the future if my streams ever grow. I want that to be in the background. So if people say, oh, what's that in the background? I can then like give them a little insight of the history I've had within streaming and gaming sort of thing. Nice. Well, I, I'm, a, I'm at an age where I'm kind of used to buying um, physical copies. So mm. our, our, our you kind of mentioned that you you kind of split it down the center a little bit there with with buying games that you want to you know remember uh, that you'll buy physical copies and then digital copies of other games how, how do you know you want to keep the game before playing it <laughs> because I, I i i ask myself this question when when i'm looking at kind of collector's editions mm. um one of the collector's editions which i beat myself up about that i didn't buy was the death stranding collector's edition for ps4 because right. i actually love that game so so how do you know you want it physical and how do you know you want it digital i think it's games that i've grown up playing i think i think the only games at the moment what i've really got to stand out to me on disc is spider-man uh, and all the call of duty games and all the fifas Mm -hmm. They're games I've grown up playing and they're games I want to continue growing up playing. And I swap, nice. it's ones I want my kids to see on the shelf when they're growing up. So obviously that makes when, sense. The, when the PS4 is obviously like a PS1 to me, but um, brand new, amazing, like, oh my God, a PS4 in 20 years time. Yeah. Um, so those, they're going to love it. And they're going to be like, oh, what's that game sort of thing? And it's going to be like an old classic Call of Duty Black Ops Cold, of War, um, Cold War and uh, I just want that sort of nostalgic feeling and to be able to pass them down to my kids at the end of the day. 
That makes complete sense, mate. Complete sense. So as I mentioned at the top of the interview, um, you're an active Twitch streamer. Um, I wonder if you'd like to take me through a few, a few of the highlights of your sort of journey with, with streaming. Um, maybe, maybe give me some stats, you know, what sort of viewers are you sort of aiming for? What do you hope to achieve maybe over the next year? Okay. So, um, very first time I started content creating or streaming in a way, uh, was on YouTube, uh, and it was on Christmas day, 2014. Uh, I'd literally just unwrapped a PlayStation four, the, uh, original PlayStation four. And um, that video was uh, Kill Killzone, believe it or not, a game that I've never played before. Uh, haven't played it since. Killzone, Shadowfall. Shadowfall, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Stunning uh, game, absolutely stunning. I I love Gorilla's work. I don't. I never played Killzone until I played that, and then I went back on all the old ones, and mm -hmm. I was like, this is incredible. Uh, I had that was literally a video, no commentary, just running around on multiplayer, shooting a gun. Uh, seeing how it felt on Christmas Day, uh, uploaded it. I don't know how many views I got. Probably like ten. And that's about it. But uh, that we've was all got to start somewhere. Definitely, that was my starting <laughs> moment on uh, the gaming scene for YouTube. And now I think six or seven years later, uh, on that YouTube channel, I've got just over one k subs. Nice, congratulations! Uh, Five hundred videos. Thank you. Uh, but a lot of that was obviously now inactive and a bit stale due to me moving over to Twitch in 2020, 2019, 2020. Um, do, just to interrupt, um, do you still get um, sort of viewers um, going to that YouTube channel? And maybe you want to drop the link here just in case people do want to go back and see that Killzone uh, Shadowfall it, video. It, it is very active still. Um, my viewers every single month are still going up, but mm -hmm. uh, a lot, uh, like very slowly. I I will drop a hint here for the first time. I've been editing a video the last couple of days to upload Ooh. onto there. So first one of 2021. You've heard uh, it here first, guys. Heard it here first, definitely. But that is a little bit of an exclusive. Uh, haven't even put that on Twitter. Haven't put that on anything. Uh, no one knows about it. Not even my Discord server. Oh. So um, that is a highlight reel of 2020. Uh, we feel privileged. It is. Uh, I'm very excited because it's. I think it's the longest I've spent editing one video. So it's a, a very big hit for me. What is your uh, YouTube channel? What's the URL uh, for that one? That is uh, GeoJackHD. It's the same as all my socials and my mm -hmm. Twitch. After YouTube, I believe it was around the end of 2019, 20, beginning of 2020, I really picked up on Twitch. It was when I first moved into the house I live in now. Well, we see your setup quite often on, uh, on, on Twitter, and that's pretty fancy, I must admit. Uh, I, I do like to, if I make a little change to it, I'll change my, my setup every single week or month, and I'll always like, upload it to Twitter because I like to keep my community in my view, really. I like to give them a little bit of an insight of what's going on behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think that's important with a successful Twitch streamer. Uh, if I am ever going to become one, uh allowing your community and your fans to look at what you're actually using to bring that gameplay to them mm -hmm. um but yeah i i'm very active on social media to bring that out for them and that is what i find very very important nice nice so, so you sort of mentioned that you know towards the end of 2019 early 2020 is when it sort of started to pick up um yeah. did you find yourself doing anything different or maybe you had upgraded your system in some way were you playing a specific game do you remember um do you remember what the magic was because i, I know a lot of our listeners you know they they may have just started streaming or want to get into it so so what was the magic for you what 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 changed it for you uh 
I really, I don't think it was a game. I don't think it was my setup at all. Uh, I'd already been using the, the webcam I use. I've already been using the Elgato to capture my gameplay. Uh, I'd still been recording through the Elgato from the PlayStation. So nothing really changed setup or hardware wise. Uh, I think more about my mental awareness. Okay. So um, obviously my main reason of getting into gaming and bringing content out was because when I was in school, I got, I, I, I'm very open about it because it's my story of how I got into streaming. Sure. Uh, in school, I was bullied a lot. Um, I went through a lot of mental health issues, uh, depression, everything. Didn't want to come out of my room. I'd go home from school, wouldn't leave my room. I'd block the door so no one can come in my room. Uh, I didn't want to go to school the next day. Uh, and then I started watching some YouTubers. Mm. Uh, obviously, at that age, YouTube was pretty new to me. Mm. Uh, obviously, kids grow up by five years old now and they know what YouTube is really. But um, I was going home just watching YouTube videos and I was like, you know what? I really want to do this. Um, sure. And that is, I still thank every person responsible for getting me into streaming. And uh, it's just something like, my mental health was what really changed everything. I was, mm -hmm. I, I picked myself up and I was like, I'm going to do this. And if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it properly. Mm. And I stood up, my confidence went through the roof. Uh, you could probably come into my streams now on Twitch and I am full of energy. I'm full of confidence. I talk to every single person in that stream. Even if there's no one there, I could be streaming to zero viewers and I'd still be acting as if there's a thousand people in my stream. I, I was going to say, you know, you, you you come across very confident whenever I've watched your streams, you know, laughing and joking, and oh, you know, I, I, you you really interact with all your all all your viewers on on Twitch. And as I said earlier, you know, your your Twitter is 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 always got something going on. Oh, definitely, I'm high energy. Literally, if I had to give some advice to anyone who wants to stream, uh, my three main tips are confidence. Mm -hmm. Do like, teach yourself, literally, I had to do it myself, train yourself not to look at how many people are in your stream. Because if you, it comes into confidence, really. Uh, you look at that view account and there's one person there, but then you look at the Twitch bar and there's people there with 10, 30,000 people in their streams watching them. You'll be like, I've got no one in my stream apart from that one person. Why am I doing this? Um, you, do it for, you do it for the love, not the viewers, I think. Exactly, I think yeah. That's that's what comes across whenever I've watched you. Anyway, you yeah. know, you're doing it because you enjoy it. You're not doing it because you see a pay packet at the end or exactly this sort of something. You know, like un underhanded about it. it. It seems very genuine, comes from the heart, and you just love video games, just like the rest of us. Definitely, definitely. Growing up playing video games, and I want to share that experience with everyone. Uh, and just like those YouTubers that helped me out, they they're probably not even aware that they helped me out so much, but. Mm -hmm. I want to do that for people as well. I want to help people out. So if I can make someone enjoy their day, smile at the end of the day, or laugh at a joke I say in the stream or something, then that is my job done at the end of the day in my eyes. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you very much for, you know, sharing that incredibly, you know, personal story about sort of how you started. <laughs> you know, I can imagine that that probably resonates with with a lot of our listeners and, and you know, probably, probably some of the the you know, my, myself, Davy and Spencer, you know, we, we, we've all, we've all got stories of where we started to where we are now. And, you know, game, gaming is a wonderful thing. And ultimately we, we do it for the love. We, you know, I yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I think if it's not for the love, it, you haven't got a reason why you're doing it because there's 
probably a lot of people out there will just be like, oh, give me the money. They just jump on the bandwagon and they're like, oh, these streamers, because there are arguably there are people in organizations out there which are under contracts and they're sponsored by all these amazing companies earning thousands every month. I don't earn any of that, but I would never, ever change the way how I perform in front of the camera. That's a good way to be, man. Good way. Right. Interview is coming to an end. Um, it's, it's been amazing talking to you, Jack. I feel like I've, I, I've learned a lot about you and I'm, I, I hope our listeners are enjoying the interview. Um, before you go, I've got 10 quick fire questions for you, okay? okay? So I'm gonna spit three options out to you and as quickly as you can, just come back at me, okay? All right. So first one up, Coke, Pepsi, own brand. Coke. Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo. Sony. Fortnite, COD, just chatting. Call of Duty. Man City, Man United, or Liverpool? Oh, Man United. Quick. Oh, Man United. cut this interview. <laughs> oh, that was a trick question put in there. That was a trick question. The Last of Us, Uncharted, or God of War? Last of Us. Heat Wave, Tangy Cheese, or Original? Heat Wave. Dual Shock, Dual Sense, or Six Axis? Dual Shock. Crash, Sackboy, or Ratchet? Crash. Dragon Ball, Naruto or Bleach? Dragon Ball. Phil, Davey or Spencer? Phil. Correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a brilliant question. <laughs> I just want to say thank you for your time tonight, Jack. You're uh, very you've been welcome. Amazing um, first guest. Um, thank you, everybody, to, uh, for listening. Uh, you can follow Jack uh, at Twitter at GeoJackHD and on his Twitch channel with the same name. Um, thank you very much, Jack. You're very welcome, and uh, I hope it goes very well in your future of the podcast. Cheers, mate. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I tell you what, Phil, that was fantastic. That was really, really good hearing you do that interview, mate. I thought you did a really, really good job. I wish I had a nan like he did. <laughs> yeah. God, yeah, same. My nan, for me, every year at Christmas, I got a WWE annual. <laughs> And that was it. <laughs> Not even on Christmas. Every other day he's there playing video games. That's awesome. 200 odd games. It's phenomenal. I, I, I'm telling you now, though, when he was out of the room, his nan was definitely playing Gra a Grand Theft Auto. 100% <laughs> she was. She probably had her own saved uh, memory card, didn't she? That she, she didn't did. share with Jack. That she had it under the pillow on. whenever he came over. 100% complete on everything. All the cheats. She knew them all off by heart. He'd be like, oh, nan. <laughs> What what cheat is it for to get the police off you? And she's like, oh, that's up, down, left, right, L1, R1, triangle, square, circle. Thanks, Nan. <laughs> <You know>. <laughs> <laughs> but what it did remind me of, where you guys were talking about jewel cases and the kind of boxes that PlayStation 1 games came in being quite flimsy, right? It reminded me of a story. So on this podcast, I do share kind of gaming dark secrets of mine that I've had over the years. And... I thought I was done with them. And every single time I think I'm done with them, something reminds me of another dark moment in my gaming past. You've had one for each episode, mate. So we should probably make this a regular section within <laughs> the podcast going forward. I have. Welcome to Davey's Deep Dark Secrets <laughs> about PlayStation. Actually, yeah, you're not wrong. I don't think I had one last time, but I think pretty much every episode other than last episode I've had one. Yeah, I remember basically I used to keep my PlayStation games and my games in general just in pristine condition. No scratches, no loss instruction manuals, nothing, right? Everything was perfect. And especially back then, as the discs were pretty fragile. So you got a couple of scratches on them and, and your disc was fucked. You just couldn't use it anymore. 
So everything used to be kept pristine. So what happened was, I had a friend in school in year five called Kellen. And I lent him a game that he really wanted. I can't remember what that game was now. Maybe Gexter Gecko or something random. And he then brought that back to me in school a couple of days later and said, Oh, I'm really sorry, but I stepped on the game case. And there was this big crack down it. I was just lost for words, right? I was like, Yeah, of course. I was like, okay. And then I thought to myself, I'm going to fucking get him. So I was like, can I borrow one of your games? <laughs> and he was like, oh, yeah, I'll bring it with you tomorrow. So he let me this fireman game. And it's this game about going around putting out fires in this burning building. And uh, in Was it bo- called Roscoe McQueen? I can't remember what it was. I remember the guy was blonde. I remember that game. It Roscoe McQueen, Roscoe he's McQueen. blonde. He's holding 100%. an axe and something on top of a roof surrounded by fire. That's it. That's it. Yeah. So it's it was Roscoe that game. McQueen. And I lent it and I completed it, really enjoyed it. And I was going to bring it back to him. And I remember clear as day. So I was about eight now. And it was on my bed, this game. I was just looking at it. <laughs> and I thought, fuck this kid. And I just got a baseball bat that I had for playing rounders and smacked the game case to absolute smithereens. Wait a minute. You used to play rounders with a baseball bat. <laughs> you cheat. You absolute cheat. <laughs> it was just like this little kiddies baseball bat thing that I remember I got for Christmas one year, probably from some relative that I never used. That's probably the only use it ever had in its life was smashing this game case. And I absolutely obliterated it, right? Obliterated it. Then brought it back to him. Oh, sorry, mate. I accidentally stood on this. Handed it back to him. He's like, oh, and he couldn't do anything. It's fucked. Like the gate, the front of it was fucked. It was just was bit like pieces were missing out of it. Pieces of the pirate's glass or whatever. I was just like, yeah, you know, fuck you, fuck you, kid. <laughs> <laughs> so savage, so savage. When I was like eight, and uh, yeah, it just reminded me of that. I'm glad you went to Chepso School, mate, and we never knew each other at that age. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I was in uh, I was in Saint Mary's School in Caldicott back then. Oh right, okay. Yeah, when that happened, when I was in year five or whatever. Savage. Well, joking aside about, you know, Jack's nan and everything and, and, and kind of reminiscing about, you know, smashing cases. Um, <laughs> it was an, it was an absolute pleasure to, to have Jack on the, on the podcast. So I want to say thank you very much for it. Thank you very much for your time, Jack. I hope the listeners enjoyed the interview. And if you do want to follow Jack, it is Jack G-O-H-D. And that's for his Twitter and his Twitch channel. Also, I do want to say what Jack brought up on that, on that interview very heartfelt, very heartfelt, and big props for for Jack for speaking about it so openly. It's not very often that you hear people do that, and uh, got a lot of respect for that. Well done, Jack. Guys, there's been loads of news the last couple of weeks. I know we normally have three topics, which Phil's already done his. What I did task you all with, with keeping an eye on some of the news and bringing a story that you thought was interesting to you, a smaller kind of news piece that we can just cover off very quick before we dive into mine and Spencer's full-on topics. So, Spencer, let's start with you. What kind of news story the last couple of weeks has really tickled your fancy? Right, well, um, obviously we know I've been playing Call of Duty recently. I just played the campaign, just finished it. I've been playing Zombies, been playing multiplayer. And um, just the other day, they announced, starting yesterday, January 14th, they've started Call of Duty Cold War Season 1 Reloaded. Which basically, they've added an all-new Zombies map. They've added a new Zombies mode. Uh, Zombies currently is for free for people for a week. There's a new weapon. 
which I can't really read. Uh, read the wacky zashi, like a samurai sword. Very nice. Great. I'm sure uh, that pronunciation was perfect as well. Wacky zashi, mate. Wacky zashi. <laughs> <laughs> there's a new operator called Zena. Um, there's a new map called Sanatorium, and there's an old map coming back called Express. Was that Black Ops Two? That map. Sanatorium or Exp- Express? Express. Express was Black Ops 2, yeah. Nice. I remember playing that loads back in the day. That was the last proper COG game I put a lot of time into, was BO2. So, uh, oh, I'll be hyped for that to come back. And that, what, that should be out by the time this podcast is live then? That is out right now, yeah. Wow, 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 fantastic. So we're recording this on the Friday the 15th. You guys will be hearing it a few days later on the Wednesday morning, uh, at the earliest. So, yeah, this is live for you guys. Um, great news pick, Spencer. Are you excited to dive into some of this new content? I'm very excited to play Express again because I don't remember much of my time in Black Ops 2, but I definitely remember Express. It was probably my favorite map on the game. Uh, new Zombies game mode, never going to complain about that. I love Zombies. New Zombies map, how could anyone ever complain about that? Me and you will probably play that a bit later tonight. Oh, when do- is that going live at the same time? Oh, no, I'm wrong. It comes out February 4th. Okay. Oh, never mind. But I'll the rest of February 4th. So, so that's the only part of it that's, that's not out at the same time, then. It's just that Zombies map, is it? Um, Express isn't out until February 4th as well. Oh. All right, I we'll know. wait, we'll wait. Not long, not long. The new Zombies mode is live right now, though. So oh. we can play that. Nice, decent. What about yourself, Phil? Anything that's caught your eye? So, okay, I've got a treat for you guys and our day one listeners. Um, on the 21st of January at 10 p.m., we've got the Resident Evil showcase to look forward to. So that's going to be including all the news on Resident Evil Village. We're going to get a trailer and some gameplay footage, as well as some multiplayer, which is going to be interesting. As we know, that's going to be released in April sometime uh, this year for Xbox Series X, PS5, and PC. We've got a lot to look forward to with Resident Evil over the coming years, uh, because confirmed, we've got the Netflix series, we've got another anime series, which seems interesting, and then, of course, we've got the, the film that's just been wrapped in Canada. So basically, next episode, we got potentially loads to talk about with Resident Evil. And I mean, it's not like as if we hardly ever mention Resident Evil on this podcast. So it would be quite nice to talk about it for a change. What what do you reckon about that, lads? It'll make a change, wouldn't it? I'm just not sure what podcast you're listening to. (laughs) You have tuned in to the Resident Evil podcast (laughs) featuring some other news about PlayStation now and again. (laughs) And Death Stranding, (laughs) and Death Stranding, and Last of Us a lot. Well, my bit, I've kind of done a Spencer on this, and I've got two pieces that I want to cover off for you guys. So I ask for one, I bring two, right? Just like Spencer always does. So the first bit, super quick, um, but it may you guys may have something to say about this. Cyberpunk, the PlayStation 5 release date for it, which was originally supposed to only be a couple of months after the original release date, has been pushed, and it is now coming out in, in the second half of 2021 for PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X. Any thoughts Christ. on this, lads? Get I feel so hurt. sorry. I feel so sorry for people who bought Cyberpunk. You know, I scroll through Twitter and the amount of people that, you know, have gone way above kind of just buying the game. They've bought, you know, chairs. They've themed their PC on Cyberpunk. You know, they've got big wall arts done in their houses. How sorry do you feel for those people? Because it's a broken game. Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't feel sorry at all. <laughs> You're you heartless, know, mate. You're heartless. 
you know, this is one of the, the topics that I spoke to Jack in my interview that was earlier on in the podcast was how do you know when to go all in on a game? For example, you know, as I said, you know, I missed out on the collector's edition for, for Death Stranding. But for someone that's gone all this far in on a game like Cyberpunk and it, to turn out the way it has, yeah, I, my heart bleeds for them, honestly. Get fucked. I just... <laughs> <laughs> So I was trying to be really sincere there, mate. <laughs> no, I hated the whole hype train for Cyberpunk. So anyone that bought into it that much deserves... Well, they don't deserve what they got, let's be honest. They definitely don't deserve what they got. <laughs> they got a pile of shit. They should have gotten better. Who is that much of a fan of Keanu Reeves to go, actually, I'm all in, well, if he's saying yeah. it's going to be a good game? Well, you think about it, right? You think about it. They, Like we said on when we covered it in depth a couple of episodes ago, they built up so much goodwill. And those people that loved The Witcher were all in on this. Those people that, unlike me, I put like, what, 80-odd hours or whatever it was into The Witcher 3, barely made a dent into it, and bounced. And I was like, okay, that's enough. I've had my fill. I don't want to do any more. There's people who played that for months and did every single bit, all the DLC, sweated it all, loved it, right? So you've got to think their anticipation would be at the same level as, as it was for me with Naughty Dog when they're releasing Last of Us 2. And I was super hyped. I knew it was going to be great. I loved it. I had no no reason not to judge them. Same kind of thing. So I can kind of understand. Did you buy a collector's edition? No. Mainly because I thought that Ellie statue was a bit trash. Yeah, it was trash. What, you didn't want a little backpack with a spaceship on? <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> I don't need tat. I don't need tat. I got enough tat. All, all I need now, if I'm buying stuff, I want it to be decent. I want it to be like hundreds or thousands of pounds worth you know i want it to be big i want it to be like the thing i want more than anything is the metal gear rex have you seen that statue have you seen that statue of metal gear rex it's massive it's massive it's like huge and it's like 400 odd pounds uh when it was brand new now it's like thousands that's the kind of thing i want now um i don't want some little crappy paperweight statue uh, mate i think you'll find that's actually not what you want the most I think the thing you want the most was that old Call of Duty bundle that you were able to buy for £25 that didn't come with the game. The big box the, with the flappy hat. The big box, that's what it was called. It came <laughs> with a floppy hat, a notepad, a pencil and some sunglasses. And me and you talked about that bundle for weeks. <laughs> it was because it was going to be a joke, wasn't it? We were going to just wear it to Smash tournaments and stuff, like all this uh, yeah. Call of Duty merch. And we never did <laughs> buy it. It's probably worth a bit of money now. I bet hardly anyone bought that. If you bought that that box, write into the email, psvtrust.gmail.com. Let me know, did you sharpen the pencil? Or did you keep it as just a default blunt pencil? I'd like to know. So the second bit, the second bit of news I got for you lads, and this one I found really interesting, but I don't really have too much to say just yet, just because it's so early on. But the Star Wars license, as you know, it's been under EA exclusively now for a long time. We've had the release of Battlefield 1, Battlefield 2, uh, Star, uh, Star Wars Squadrons, and we've had Jedi Fallen Order, uh, just to name them off my head. I don't think there's any I missed, but that could be it. Anyway, Star Wars is now, by the looks of it, not under EA exclusively, because Ubisoft have announced that they are doing an open-world Star Wars game, and it's the same developers who did The Division 2. Quite interesting. It basically all comes down to the fact that Disney have formed Lucas, Lucasfilm Games, 
which is kind of going in a round circle because they closed Lucasfilm games ages ago to be able to then sell yeah, the whites off say. to everyone. So they just reformed it, essentially, and it looks like they're going down the same route as Marvel have done with their licenses in terms of shipping them out, their IP to relevant studios who pitch for games. And it looks like they're going that way with the Indiana Jones game now being developed by Bethesda. It looks like that's kind of the, the track they're going to go down with it. But I thought it was quite interesting. Obviously, we'll have to wait and see. I'm not a big Division fan. I got nothing really to say about this until I see gameplay for it. But if we can get something even remotely similar to the Old Republic, I'm in. I loved the Old Republic back in the day in terms of an open world RPG. Loved it. So if we can get something even remotely similar to that or vibes of that, I'm in 100%. But if it turns into like a Far Cry, basically... Probably not. I don't know. We'll have to see. I'm a big fan of the Mandalorian, so if it's Far Cry with a Mandalorian skin, it'll probably be amazing. But we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Very early days. I found the big box. Ha- how much is the big box now? Uh, will you take a guess? I think it was £25 originally. It was. It's either gone up let's, loads. Let's say it's doubled like Bitcoin. I reckon it's gone down in value. <laughs> I reckon, reckon it's 15 quid. I reckon it's 50. It's 16 pounds and 99 pence. <laughs> oh, close. Oh, well, there we go, Davey. I was I was wondering what I need to buy you for your birthday. It's my birthday on the 16th of February. So um, there you go, lads, some ideas. I'll wear that floppy hat for when we do our episode 10 piss-up stream. It might be right next to my birthday, actually. So yeah, that, that sounds like a good idea. It's ideal. Uh, yeah, hang on. It comes with some stickers as well, mate. What stickers we got? Uh, I don't think they look very good. Does any of the collection look good? The box looks alright. The big <laughs> box itself. <laughs> Could keep your PS1 games in there. But that's it, really. The rest of it looks dog shit. <laughs> so in terms of what I actually want to discuss, again, I've done a Spencer. I've got two things. So what I'll do is I'll cover off one, see how long we go on it, then Spencer can do his, and then we can always loop back for me. Worst case. It depends on how much you guys want to talk about this. But first thing, and I thought this was well worth saying. And I, I mean, I don't mean to toot my own horn. Although, as we all know, I do love toot my own horn. <laughs> Looks like... I'm, I'm, su- I'm subscribed to your OnlyFans. Here we go. So, it looks like I was right. Yet again. If you remember last episode we discussed how there was a company called Super 5 who are releasing a custom PS5, which is PS2 themed in terms of being black with the classic logo on it, all that. And there was 304 of them that are originally going to be available to pre-order and they sold out immediately. And I said last episode, no fucking way this comes out. (laughs) There is no chance this comes out. Sony will shut it down. Now, What's happened is they are not releasing it, but they in, they blame that reason on the fact they were getting death threats and hate mail. And that's the reason why they've stopped. So it doesn't seem like it's been shut down by Sony. But what are your thoughts on this, boys? This seems suspect to me. It seems like every five minutes there's a new company trying to, to make plates. You know, only, only earlier... Before this podcast, I was looking uh, looking on Twitter, and there's a company called uh, Decor or 
Decor Evolved, and they're selling DualSense controller faceplates uh, for $9.99. They're going to get cancelled, the same as, you know, the plates that we, that you're talking about there. Yeah. So do you guys both think this was Sony's doing then, rather than death threats? I don't think it was Sony's doing, just because they explained uh, prior to the cancellation that they shouldn't really run into any legal issues with Sony. And if they did their research and they were right, I wouldn't see how they could get cancelled by Sony. Um, but death threats, I'm not sure why they would even receive them other than maybe for hoarding stock. Who would be that passionate to, to give someone death threats when it comes to making plates for, for PlayStation? And unless, as you said, that they are holding um, a large number of consoles away from kind of like the general public to buy. But then they're like, they're kind of acting as a retailer. So I'm not sure why that would even cause an issue other than the fact they're selling it for a bit more expensive than the retail price. But they are adding their own stuff to the console. So I don't really understand why they would receive death threats. It doesn't make an awful lot of sense. I think the thing about it is that they're saying they got death threats because people can't get hold of a PlayStation 5. They're going mental and then they're messaging them with death threats, right? Saying, how do you release this? Blah, 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 blah. 304 of them that are out of the wild now because you bought them and you're reselling them on. Okay. One, that's a ridiculously low number in terms of the overall stock basically negligible secondly i do buy that they could get death threats i'm not i'm not saying that they're not going to get them the internet are fucking insane right people send a death threat over the fact that cyberpunk's fucked you know it's a video game chill out you're not going to kill somebody over that like what are you what are you doing you must be absolutely insane the same people the same people that are sending them death threats about it being fucked are the same people that sent them death threats when they wouldn't release it early exactly exactly you, you, they deserve what they get yeah you, you're damned if you do you're damned if you don't so i don't think it's out of out of question that they'd get a death threat but all i'm feeling is in my heart that's not the reason you know for me is there that much demand over a customized ps5 or is it the demand of the ps5 that's driving this it's definitely the ps5 itself in my opinion because earlier on twitter i found a really cheeky way to customize your console if that's what you're looking for. Basically, the, the plates are sort of removable, as we know, and, yeah. and the PlayStation logo is, is, is sort of printed, um, sort of stamped into the plastic. So what you're seeing is, 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 the, is the black or the, the dark color of the case behind it. So what you can do is actually paint that color, uh, paint that section of the case yourself. So if you do want to customize your console, um, and, and have a different color PlayStation logo within your console, that's possible if you own a PlayStation console. But I think, as you said, what's actually driving this is that they're taking place um, sales of the PlayStation a- a- away from people who actually want to play them rather than people that want to profit over them. Yeah, I can see that being the thing. So I want you boys to put on your tinfoil hats right now. I buy their reason for why they cancel it and their official thing. However, this company are a brand new company. They got no financial trading before this. Got no way to see their financials. So what that tells me is that this is going to be something with a low turnover beforehand. I don't think these guys have got much money, right? So you're talking 304 consoles, each one being sold for 
$749. Now, the retail price for the PlayStation 5 in the US is $499. That's a $250 markup, right? The gross profit, so this is before any of their expenses of painting the machine, shipping, any of that stuff. You're talking at $76,000, right? That's nothing to be sniffed at if you're a group of guys who would literally just buy in 300 consoles, customing it, getting them out the door. That is not a small number to someone like that. Now to Sony, $76,000 would be absolutely nothing. They wouldn't even worry about that amount. It's literally nothing. But for a couple of guys like us, or just a little bit bigger scale than us, that's a lot of money. That's huge. Davey, so what you're saying is we need to buy some PlayStation consoles, yes? I am in. Because <laughs> that markup seems seems brilliant, right? And I, I've got some money in Bitcoin. We can take it straight out. I'm in. But You've sold me. This is the thing, right? If Say, for example, their expenses are $150, right? So they're making $100 on this console then at that point. That's still $30,000, the sale of that, or $30,400. That's a lot of money. I wouldn't personally just say bin it off because I got a couple of internet death threats for 30 grand. You're fucking insane. It doesn't make sense to me. It just doesn't make sense. If someone said to me on Twitter, oh, I'm going to fucking skin your, skin your cat. You're like, all right. Okay, well... Good luck finding me, you know? And I'd just have 30 grand. And I'd be like, okay, cheers, GG's. And that's it, right? I don't see, I just, this just doesn't make sense to me. You don't see The Last of Us turn around and be like, do you know, we're going to cancel the game because we've had people kick off uh, about our game before it's come out. So uh, spoilers are right there. Everyone knows what's happened. We've had loads of death threats from our team. Just bin the game off, boys. It doesn't happen. Like, people just don't do this for anything. It doesn't seem to make sense to me. Um, the only way it really makes sense to me is that maybe they weren't so secure whenever they were posting about it online or logging into whatever their handles were. And maybe the death threats, people actually had more information on them than they expected. Maybe they were actually quite scared of the death threats. Everyone's got a price, Davey, and you're saying 76k isn't enough to be worried about your life. No. It's fucking internet death threat. doesn't mean anything, does it? It's not like back in the day where you get, uh, like as if I've had these. It's not like back in the day. day. (laughs) It's not like back in the day where you get a letter through your door that would be all newspaper clippings of like different words all stuck on with PVA glue, right? It's not like that. Now it's just somebody typing up something and posting it on Twitter. Here's one for Joe Thomas. I've seen that on Saw and I would be shit scared if that happened to me and I had that through my door. Exactly, right? Where they were putting... Bits of, pe- bits of paper. 76 grand, take it away. Yeah, at that point, if I had something like that through the door, okay, I'll take it down, right? But at the end of the day, someone's going to mess me on Twitter and be like, oh, I'm going to kill you. I'd be like, okay, mate. You know, I just wouldn't Block. believe it. I just wouldn't be like, <laughs> okay, good. Good good for you, mate. And just carry on. I just, to me, it just doesn't make too much sense. I think there's too many questions that need to be asked. And the one for me is I think Sony shut this down. I think Sony shut it down. I just really do. I just really feel it. But then... Yeah, I mean... I mean, Maybe they, Sony sent the death threat. Yeah, maybe I mean, Sony. We'll off you. They could have had death threats as well as, you know, the legal action from Sony, right? 
And what they didn't want to omit was the legal action from Sony. So they said, we shut it down for this reason. They don't have to be 100% truthful over the the reasons why people are trying to stop them from doing their business. They just have to pick one and say that was the reason. Yeah. And at least that side, then they get the they get the public on their side saying, oh, no, you know, don't listen to the haters, blah, 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 blah. Makes sense. That could be it. That could be it. Tin four hats off, boys. That's just my... I, I just think it seems fishy. We'll see what happens when we start up our own PlayStation 5 modding circle. <laughs> uh, my only issue with it now is that seeing as they can't customise it, they still have 300-odd consoles in stock. So now they're just scalpers. So surely they're just going to sell the consoles for a higher price and make their money anyway without the expensive paint and yeah. such. Yeah, that's pretty much it. There, That's all it's led to. Yeah, I honestly don't see the point. Why even customise the consoles? Just resell them at that price. They're in so high demand and limited stock that you're going to sell them at that price anyway. Yeah. So just go for it, guys. I think, I think they you wanted know? to start something that could carry on throughout the PlayStation's lifespan. Where they could do other colours, stay one step ahead of Sony's official ones. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Do it in very limited stock, certain colours that people really like that Sony aren't doing. It's a perfect way to really milk the audience. It makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. But that that's that's why it just seems fishy. Because these guys, I mean, they haven't messed around. They've got a full website up there. That's going to cost them some money. they got all this stuff up. And then just... We know websites are expensive, aren't we? So. I imagine they are. I, I don't know how... They are. Yeah, I, I've never done one myself. I mean, that's definitely your, your, uh, your expertise. But all these things have got a cost. And they spent a lot of money on it. Showing what they have. Granted, every single picture we've seen is a 3D render. It's not a full-on picture of a model. Yeah. It's something you've got to bear in mind. Don't sit right with me. Just really doesn't. So, my second topic, and this one again, I don't know how much we want to go into this either. That's why I brought two of them to the table this time. Second topic is that the Killzone website has been shut down. The Killzone website was what they used for all their internal um, clan making, all the statistics, everything about the games for Killzone 2 and 3 that were playing online and Shadowfall, all the running of that was done through that website, and that's now gone. So in terms of the stats, that's all be moved across to PlayStation.com. But in terms of you go onto the full website now, it's just there's nothing there. And that's led people to believe that the Killzone franchise is now defunct that they're getting rid of it, that we're not going to see any more. But I want your thoughts on it, guys. What do you think this means in terms of the future of Killzone and in terms of the rest of the franchises that Gorilla are working on? Does it does it forward you anywhere, or is it literally a 404 cannot you know, get to the website kind of error? It just comes up a message saying Killzone.com has been shut down. To access Killzone, go to PlayStation.com. Well, that reader between the lines... To me, that doesn't sound like Killzone has been shut down. No, it doesn't to me either. Because the website is still there, right? They still own that website. They still are, you know, tracking the traffic and the numbers that that go to that uh, URL. They're not basically just taking it down, and you get a four hundred four error. A four hundred four error on a website basically means they've they've removed removed the site, and you can't access the server that the URL is pointing towards. Um, if they've got a landing page there that is saying that Killzone is out of action, I don't, I don't think it's over. That To me, that doesn't sound like it's over. Yeah, it's the same for me as well. It makes sense for them to kind of combine 
combined assets. Their games with the PlayStation website, does it not? I thought this too. And I, I feel exactly the same as you guys. I don't think it's done. I think it's fine. But what's quite interesting is I thought to myself, hmm, I'm going to have a look round and see what's happened to some older franchises and some existing franchises and see if they have their own websites too. So sure. the results of that are as follows. Resistance, the absolute GOAT series, Resistance has its own website, but it's through Insomniac's website. So it's just a landing page through there, basically. You access that, and okay. that's where you find Ratchet, and that's where you find um, Spider-Man and all that. They're all through Insomniac's own individual website. That makes complete sense, because you wouldn't want to put up a website for a game or kind of like an IP that currently isn't, you know, existent other than the previous games, and then kind of like remove that traffic, right? Because they're all customers, right? They're all people coming to your website that you have potential to sell those games. So of course you want to remarket um, your existing games such as Ratchet to these people. So I thought, right, I'm going to go on to Horizon. I'm going to go on to Horizon Zero Dawn and see if that's got its own website. And lo and behold, it's through Gorilla's own website. Do you know what else you can find through Gorilla's own website? Link to Killzone. Still on there. But as soon as you follow that Killzone link, it takes you back to the, you've got to go back to PlayStation and, and moves you on, right? So it looks like they just kind of binned off that subsection. Now, interestingly, Uncharted has its own website, and so does The Last of Us, and so does God of War. But that's literally it. Everything else is all through either PlayStation, PlayStation.com, or through the individual publisher's website. And uh, not individual publisher, individual developer's website, which is quite interesting. I feel the same as you guys. I don't think Killzone's done. I don't think it's done at all. I think just like what you said, Phil, in terms of what's the point in paying for the up upkeep on that website when you can kind of eventually roll everything all into under PlayStation.com and have it all under one place. I'm not sure it's, it's to do with the upkeep because, you know, servers, you know, you, you can pay $5 and you can have, you know, near enough a year's worth of server access. That that That's never a concern when, when sort of building a website. It's It's more to do with, there's, there's going to be a number of people that have killzone.com saved as a favorite. And it's going to be a website that they actively visit because they want to know what the the news with Killzone is, right? So if I'm Sony, I want to take control of that and I want to use those people because then I can remarket to them all my other products. And that's what I think is going on there. Killzone isn't dead because it's a it is a big IP. It's It's something that Every every person that owns PlayStation knows about, I would say. Yeah. You know, it's huge Killzone. I think some of the reason why this has picked up so much traction is just due to the fact that there's not too much to write in depth about. It's not an awful lot that we know. So there's a lot of speculation that's happening in terms of game media, and they got to get clicks. So the other thing that's had a lot of traction, which is totally unnecessary, was David Jaffe's comments. So... David Jaffe was the director of God of War 1, also responsible for Twisted Metal Black, so pretty big in the PlayStation ecosystem. But he does a live stream where he's just playing games and just streaming. And he was talking about how he doesn't think that God of War um, for PS5 is going to be PS5 exclusive. He thinks it's going to be cross-gen for PS4. And so he's just guessing. Just like we all do on our, on this podcast, you know, we're all just talking shit, basically just trying to guess what's going to happen. He was doing exactly the same thing, and Games Media ran with it. And they said, God of War, ex-God of War director, believes that 
the game's going to be cross-platform. And it's like, what? He doesn't have a clue. Like, he hasn't done anything with God of War since God of War 1. <laughs> We're talking a long-ass time ago. He literally yeah. had nothing to do with the last project either. So he has no idea. I mean, granted, he's probably got some insider knowledge. He probably does know. But he's not going to share that on his live stream, especially not. So, uh, you know, I I think it's just ridiculous that, that news media was just literally so hungry for something they're just putting shit out when it, it didn't mean anything. Just like them reporting on this story now, we're saying about how the fact that we're going to go into PlayStation 5 full production of customs, which obviously we're not. But, you know, I mean, you could just make a new story out of that if you wanted to. Doesn't, doesn't mean it's true. It's just bullshit. But I don't know if you guys think the same way or not. Sony are sat there with all the cards, aren't they, at the moment, and everyone's just... Making this assumption, making that assumption, making this assumption with with limited knowledge, you know. Ultimately, we've got to wait for Sony to play their hand before we can start, you know, actually writing stories and and, and speaking about meaningful topics. You know, as you said, it's slow at the moment, and we we need Sony to make their move. Listener, the last few weeks, I've gone out of my way to make a special message to you. To ask for your assistance. We're a growing podcast. On the eve of greatness. We can only succeed together as a community. Is by joining hands in writing reviews on Apple Podcasts. And everywhere that you consume your podcast. That we will find new audience and grow. Now with that, we can then see the future through together. And make the world a little bit better. So please, join me. Share our podcast with your friends, your enemies, your family, your teachers, your students. Anyone you know would be a better person listening to my words. So please, consider sharing the podcast round. Thank you. So boys, my topic of the day is mostly revolving around Returnal. And before I really delve deeper into this topic, firstly I'd like to ask you boys, are you intending to buy this game? Davey, how about you? 100% yes. I love Housemark. I was a massive fan of Dead Nation. And then I've played a couple of the other subsequent games like uh, Alien Nation and Resogun. Love them all. Absolutely love them all. Proper arcade really, really fun to play. So Returnal was immediately on my docket as soon as I saw that Housemark was involved. Although this does look a little bit different from them. Okay, Phil, how about you? Yeah, so I only know Housemark from Super Stardust HD, I think, previously. I, I, I've played that sure. on PS3. I did a bit of Googling around because I knew you'd bring up this topic. Um, and Housemark, they're, they're a Finnish developer. Apparently, they're one of the oldest Finnish developers in Finland. But yeah, you know, this this being their first AAA title, I am quite excited to see what they, they sort of put together because, you know, Davey mentioned Dead Nation. Yeah, it's definitely definitely games that I've played in the past. We sweated that quite a lot back in the day, didn't we? We played through the entire campaign of uh, Dead Nation. We kind of did all the story on like, the hardest difficulty that we could together, playing it around land, around, around your house. Like we spoke about a few times, normally with copious amounts of vodka, We'd play these games through, and uh, if it wasn't Resident Evil 5, it was Dead Nation, and uh, we absolutely loved it. 
Uh, which originally, interestingly to know, uh, not taking it too far off Spencer's original question, but the interesting thing to know was that game was given out for free due to the PlayStation Network outage originally when that happened back in 2011. Oh, on the PlayStation yeah, 3. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, just interesting interesting time. That was my first kind of experience with Housemark and yeah can't wait to see what they do they are definitely known for these games aren't they you know stardust dead dead nation they, they are big names but they are much smaller games so this is their first triple a title as, as we've as we previous mentioned and from what i've seen online it it looks really interesting yeah I, th- I think it does look like a really cool game i'm honestly not sure if i'm going to get it okay um i think the game looks fantastic it looks amazing honestly i think it does however to me it looks more like it would benefit quite a lot from it being a multiplayer game because it looks quite similar to Risk of Rain 2. However, it doesn't have that multiplayer aspect to it. It's only a single-player game, and I'm not sure if I'd enjoy it as much as a single-player title as I would a multiplayer title. So for those who, you know, this is the first time them, you know, hearing this title, do you want to explain a little bit about what this game is, you know? Just before you do, I've never heard of Risk of Rain. Literally never heard of it. What is Risk of Rain 2? Um, Risk of Rain 2 is, I'm not sure if it's on consoles, I think it's mostly only on PC, but Risk of Rain 1 came out years ago and it was just a side-scrolling looter where you'd, or like a roguelike-esque game, where you'd just kill things, get upgrades and try to get as far as you can. Um, Risk of Rain 2, they completely changed it, made it 3D, and it's just a roguelike where you, basically you enter the world, kill things, get upgrades progress into the next world and then eventually there's a boss at the end and you just get as far as you can and as as strong as you can Um, but a lot of people think it is the perfect game in terms of roguelikes okay and uh, as we know Return kind of is a is a roguelike so for the listeners that you know this is the first time they they're hearing uh the name of this game do you want to explain a little bit about you know what it is um what sort of setting we are what sort of game is it sure um returnal is basically a roguelike where you're, it seems like you go from planet to planet. However, you only kind of travel maybe when you die. Mm-hmm. I'm not even entirely sure on the concept of the game, but it's a roguelite where you basically, you go around, you kill things, uh, you get upgrades as you progress. The woman who you play as seems really keen to just chuck whatever she finds on her body. From what I've read, it's, it's a third person science fiction psychological horror game, um, but it is a shooter with a time loop kind of functionality to it. Is that correct? Yeah, basically. So when you die, she kind of resets to where she was prior to her adventure, but it changes every time. Mm-hmm. So from as far as I know, when you um, play the game, you get upgrades and such. And then when you die, apparently you keep those upgrades. But then storyline-wise, that doesn't make an awful lot of sense to me because you're waking up to before those events, but somewhere else. So clearly those events are happening. I'm not sure on the story. It seems, compared to most road lights, it's quite heavy on the narrative, but I'm not sure how it's going to work. Sure. Well, we've got another kind of roguelike-esque kind of time loop game coming up, haven't we, with Deathloop. Um, do, you, do you feel like these are going to be competing for the same space with the, these games? Um, not really, because Deathloop, it's the same kind of time loop aspect, but it's not as much as a roguelike. It's probably a lot more like Dishonored, where it's a story-based experience. Whereas sure. this one is probably a bit more grindy, a bit more focused on the gameplay rather than the story, even though they do seem to be putting a bit of an emphasis on the narrative and the story of it. 
but I think the gameplay is the big seller for this. From game. what I've seen, the the visuals are absolutely stunning, and some of those bosses, oh my god, they they do look crazy, don't yeah, they? Yeah, it looks amazing. Yeah, I was kind of worried when I saw Returnal first time. I'm not going to lie, I was actually quite concerned because I love House Mark Resogun. I got the platinum on PlayStation Four not long after the launch, and then I got the platinum on the Vita as well. I loved it. Loved it. It's just the the best kind of arcadey fun you can have. It, like you were saying, Phil, with Super Stardust, absolutely phenomenal. I remember playing that in 3D on my PS3 and uh, couldn't believe it with my 3D glasses on. What a throwback that is. And I loved it. Absolutely loved it. I thought they were brilliant, all the, all the different games they've done. Obviously, my rarest platinum is with Dead Nation. So I love their I love their arcadey focus that they have. And I was really worried that was going to be lost with Returnal. Yet when I've sat down and watched their developer interviews they've done for the last three episodes they've done on their YouTube channel, it's really put my mind at ease. Because the story, I think, is going to be secondary. I think it's going to be the same way that you go into a Resident Evil game where the story you can kind of put to the side a little. It depends on how kind of keen you are into Resident Evil, I guess. But you can kind of put the story to the side and just experience the gameplay and experience what it is. And the gameplay to me looks like Doom from a third person. The way you're kind of zipping around and you've got that wall cling so you can jump up on the top. It looks like Doom Eternal. It looks exactly like Doom Eternal in terms of dodging enemy projectiles, moving through them, using different upgrades to just totally immobilize enemies and to clear things in your path and just keep moving. It just looks so frantic and so hectic that if they put a metal soundtrack over that, I'd be like, oh my God, this is Doom. It's Doom in third person. All it needs is just that like crazy metal soundtrack. And that's all it reminds me of. I literally cannot wait to play it. And I think what is going to help this game would be if they put a demo up. I honestly think if they put a demo up yeah. in like late February, this game will attract a lot of attention. Whereas I got the feeling that because of the price of it being, you know, full price game, it's going to be quite niche. I think without getting people to try it and feel what the game's actually like, it's going to struggle. Yeah, it's a full price game from maybe a developer that the majority aren't sort of familiar with. So that might be quite a hard sell. Yeah, I think the absolute total hardcore in PlayStation, like us and people like us, probably people listening to this show are going to know who Housemark is. But as soon as you go into the wider echelon, you go into people that only play, you know, like their FIFAs and stuff like that every year, they're not going to know who Housemark are. So you're saying this could be a sleeper? I think this is going to be something that unfortunately will go under the radar. And I think it could be something that could end up crippling Housemark. And I just don't want that to happen. This is the first time they've put a lot of budget into a AAA game, and so if this game doesn't succeed, it could end up costing this studio. and And this studio aren't owned by Sony. This is their their studio, which work with Sony on a second party relationship. So, granted, Sony have paid for this game, but you could see their contracts start drying up with Sony if they don't sort this out. And I really worry about that. But in terms of my purchase, they've got my purchase. Frame one, I'm going to pre order this game. And I cannot wait to play it. Um, you've kind of already dipped into what I wanted this topic to become. So I'll expand on it a bit. You already said how you think it might be a sleeper hit just because it, well, it seems like it would be. I do agree with you. Um, I'm not sure how much a demo would benefit just because of the gameplay or how it's a roguelite. Like they'd have to make the demo a specific experience. 
because if it was something where you booted up the demo and it was different every time or it gave everyone a random world obviously you could probably get the whole game's worth from the demo itself like back on the ps2 with those discs that's a really good point that is a really good point i didn't consider that yeah so i'm not sure how a demo would work um but it's good that you brought up about how it could do because the one point i'd like to bring up is as we know it's releasing on the 19th of march but kenna bridge of spirits is also releasing in march and we believed that ratchet and clank might be in march as well but obviously that's probably not happening now so what do you think of those two games releasing at the same time? Do you think that's going to impact the sales as well? So is Kenna a PlayStation exclusive? Um, PC, PS5, and PS4. Wow, it's cross-gen game, is it? Cross-gen? I honestly had no idea it was cross-gen. It looks fantastic. To be a cross-gen game is actually phenomenal. It looks so good. Um, I think, in theory, they are totally different audiences. In terms of the people they that are. would want Kenner and the people that would want Returnal. So I don't think they're going to eat into each other. The only thing that I'm worried about is that even if they're completely different audiences, there's only so much air in the environment in terms of news, in terms of coverage. And if one is, say, for example, Kenner is absolutely stunning and it's beautiful and it's fantastic and it's, a, it's something on the level of like Journey, right? And people are talking about it all the time. That's going to overshadow Returnal. And before you know it, Returnal's in the bin. Just like the way yeah. that Doom Returnal was this year when it came to the Game Awards, nobody talked about it because you got Last of Us 2 in the equation. So why would people talk about Doom Returnal? Even though Doom Returnal is a fantastic game in every single element to it, there's literally nothing wrong with it. It's just been overshadowed. And I think even though both of the games have totally different audiences, like out of the two, I'm going to probably prefer to go for Returnal rather than Kenner. Although... Ken is definitely something that I will want to check out at some point in the future. If they release it on the same day, I'm going for one camp, but there's only so much you can get from games media. <laughs> and that can go either way. So I'm not sure. I mean, what what are your thoughts on it? See, this is where it kind of works out for us, I think, because obviously we both bought physical editions of the PlayStation 5. I'm more keen for Kena. <laughs> So, if around the same time you buy Returnal and I buy Kenner Bridge of Spirits, we could both then just beat those games and then swap them around. That's very true. I mean, this was your game of the your most your most anticipated game for next for this year, wasn't it? Last episode. Yeah, I think Kenner Kenner looks amazing. It looks so beautiful. It just looks like a really fun and nice game to play. So, I mean, that'd be that'd be really interesting. Uh, do we have a release date for that game yet, or is that still? Because I mean, see, it's, it's March. It's just March, is it? All we know is that it's March 2021. Yeah, because CES came out with a load of dates, didn't they? And that was yeah. that was one of them. What about you, Phil? What What are your kind of thoughts on these games? Do you think there's going to be any impact with them both releasing around the similar time frame, maybe weeks apart? I think, as you said, they're probably targeting quite different audiences. Um, for me, definitely Returnal is on my radar anyway, especially after doing the research for this podcast. It looks a stunning game. But Kenner, you know, if if you're giving it props, uh, Spence, it might be worth checking out. It isn't something that I've I know a lot about. You know, it, the introduction on the last podcast was uh, sort of the first time I'd even heard of the game. So uh, yeah, I think Returnal probably is going to be the game I'll buy. What will be interesting is seeing what happens when it comes down to how they implement a story into this, and one of those things like 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 you said, Spence. Does it even need a story? I doubt it. 
It doesn't, no. Like it definitely doesn't. Why like when I played Rogue Legacy, right, and I think back to Rogue Legacy, which is one of the only roguelikes I played actually. And that game didn't need a story. I knew exactly what was expected of me. Just get to the castle at the end, that's kind of all you're looking to do. Didn't need any more than that. And it didn't take away from the fact that that game was pretty much perfect. The game was absolutely phenomenal. Does this need it? Probably not. It's probably just a way to justify the £70 price point, I imagine, is having it with cutscenes and things like that. But I think that's what's going to be really interesting now. I mean, we don't have long to wait, only a couple of months. And and we'll know. And and we'll kind of know how they've done it and and what the reason is. Because uh, I know they can do gameplay right. I'm not going to doubt that even for a moment. But a story in roguelite like this, I don't know. I don't think I've ever played a roguelite with a story. And obviously, I think they had to add the story just to get that AAA title to the game. Because I feel like if it was, it's hard to get a roguelite AAA. I don't think I've ever seen a AAA roguelite. Is Hades a roguelite or is that is that not? I'm trying to think. Did people describe it? I haven't played the game, so I don't know. I haven't played it either. People, people um, speedrun it, but I don't know if that classes it as a, uh, a roguelike. People yeah. speedrun roguelites anyway. It's hard to say, because that has a story. Hades has a story. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I just got a feeling something in my head's twinging that that's a roguelite. Do you want to give it a quick Google? Roguelike, yeah. Oh, there we go. Action role-playing game or roguelike. So if, if Hades can do it, I suppose there's no reason to say that Returnal can't, but... The difference is Hades wasn't AAA. Obviously, whereas this game is trying to be a lot, which is fine, but it, if it's trying too hard to do well at both, it might lack at some point. But I think that's where they're saying that it's mainly focused on the gameplay. The story's there, but the gameplay is key. I feel like they're trying to do something different, aren't they, House Marky? They're trying to like stand out a little yeah. bit here with their, you know, third-person shooter map. When I've looked at the visuals, the amount of bullets that are flying about, it does look like a true shoot 'em up. It reminds me of the game I was playing, you know, last week, you know, Ikaruga, with the amount of bullets that are flying about on that screen. It's crazy. It looks nuts. It looks like you've got to be constantly keeping your eyes on everything that's going around in that environment, especially up and below, and using your yeah. movement. That's why that's why it gives me so many Doom vibes. It's just because it's just like in Doom Eternal where you you can be quite squishy unless you play it exactly how you're supposed to be played, and then you become godlike, you know, you become invincible then at that point. And it looks like that same kind of way that you can just jump above the bullets. And the way they were talking around the dev diaries about how the fact that as soon as you move it to 3D, it just changes how you can dodge stuff. Well, Doom is all about forward movement, isn't it? You know, if you if you stand back and you try and snipe people out in Doom, you'll just get obliterated because, you know, they naturally power up the the enemy to shoot someone who's hiding away from the bullets. Doom is all about charging forward and like pumping into the enemies. And 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 yeah. as you get closer, a lot of the time you've got more chance of killing the enemies the closer you get. Yeah, the, the AI on Doom was really interesting originally because just like you said, Phil, the AI was targeted and uh, would scale down the closer you got to them. So that you were encouraged then, if you were playing back and being a little bit of a bitch, they'd totally take you out. But as soon as you got close and you were running at them, they'd start missing bullets. And it's just fantastic game design to encourage you, without putting it in there, you just to run forward and and rip and tear, is what they say in Doom. You're meant to feel powerful in Doom, and you definitely do as soon as you start running forward. As soon as you start acting like a pussy, you're a pussy. Game over. <laughs> yeah, game over. You just get absolutely obliterated. You get sniped. 
So it's um yeah, really interesting game design. So be interesting to see what they do with Returnal. And you did touch on this, Spence, so I kind of want to get your opinions on this, guys. With Ratchet now, we were always under the assumption, I don't know about you guys, but I was always under the assumption that the game is confirmed. I thought it was confirmed for quarter <laughs> one. Uh, I honestly did. I would have put money on the fact that it was coming out quarter one. And we honestly don't know when it's coming out now. When do you reckon this game is coming out? I thought that's what we said in previous podcasts, that we we were expecting it really soon. We were saying that it was going to be the PlayStation 5 game, as opposed to something that launches cross-platform. Yeah, this was going to be the PlayStation 5 game. Yeah, me and Davey were speaking uh, in DMs and stuff about how Returnal's going to struggle because it's coming out the same month as Ratchet. And then we talked more about it and we realised, is Ratchet coming out in March? And we, we figured out that we just... We said ages ago that we reckon Ratchet's coming out in March and just set in our mind that that was the confirmed date when it was never confirmed at all. <laughs> exactly. It's crazy what the mind can do. I honestly would have put money down that that was confirmed. And you and me were like going on some like world conspiracy theory kind of level stuff because we were looking through yeah. every trailer. I'm sure they said Quarter cool 1. I'm sure they said Quarter cool 1. And we've looked <laughs> through literally everything and there's nothing. There's literally no confirmed date for it. It's just 2021. So... When do you reckon it's coming out, boys? Obviously, just to put into context, this year we're supposed to have Returnal, Ratchet and Clank, God of War, Horizon. It's crazy. It's nuts. So it's, it's absolutely insane. Now, cross God of War out of there because I will put uh, yes, money down on coming out, right? But everything else on there, very real reason that that should come out. Obviously, we know Returnal's got a date. The rest of them are totally unknown, in the wind. What do you reckon for Ratchet and Clank? I think May. Because, obviously, we know Returnal's March. We are, Kenna is supposed to be March, but we're not sure when. We know uh, Resident Evil is April. And we could maybe see Ratchet in April as well, but I don't think we will. Just because Resident Evil's a hard franchise to fight with. Even if it's with Ratchet, I think it's a hard franchise to fight with. So I'd say May is probably the safe bet, because I don't think we have any games confirmed for May at the minute. So May's, May's my bet. I remember, basically, they showed off um, they showed off two trailers at a showcase, and they showed off Ratchet and Clank, and didn't show a date. So I think Ratchet got pushed back. I think it was intended to be March, but it wasn't ready. They pushed it back, and Returnal was ready, so they swapped the dates, maybe. I think your prediction of May is pretty bang on, to be honest, for the release of Ratchet. I actually think that's pretty sound because if you've got if you've got May, then you're talking. Originally, I was thinking that Horizon was going to be a June, uh, a July game. That's what I predicted last time. So I'll stick with my prediction. Say it's a July game. The the only thing on this list for for sort of May is Deathloop, and that's on the twenty first. Um, but when you're saying Horizon, Ooh. Horizon Horizon is going to be definitely second half for me. Yeah, 100%. Oh, well, they won't want to eat up Deathloop. a Death big Loop. shout, though. They won't want to eat up Deathloop. Deathloop is um, it's a PlayStation exclusive for a year. They won't want to eat that up by releasing that at the same time as Ratchet, I don't imagine. Maybe it's a June game. It could go the same time as The Last of Us normally launches around June. If it could be a June game. If you went April, you've only got Guilty Gear. Uh, an L- MLB, the show, 
So I mean, it's different audience from MLB, so they could they could launch April. April would be would make sense, but I'd expect them to release a date by now. The same as Guilty Gear, you know, that's 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 FGC people, you know, like this game's not going to appeal to them. So yeah, so different. why not? It's a completely different game. April seems to be you know pretty open for a release date there. So what are you saying then, Phil? You're saying April? I'm going to go April. I'm going to put my name on it. That's Phil Hoy approved. We're going April. I'm going to go with Spence on this. I'm going to. <sighs> Now I know Deathloop's May. I'm going to stick with May just because I honestly don't care about Deathloop. Oh, I do. So I'm going to stick with May. I love... I, I do not care about Deathloop. I love Arcane so much. I think it's so good. I'm going to go... I'm going to be cheeky. I'm going to be really cheeky. I'm going to go end of May. St- uh, end of April, start of May. That's two months. You're going to sit on the fence between me and Spencer. Exactly right. I'm going to look at the calendar now. His price is right in us. Friday the 30th of April. Is what I'm going for. I've got April, Spencer's gone May, and now you're trying to consume both answers. Whoever's right, you're right. I'm always right. If if you make me put my flag in the ground and go for one thing, I'll probably go April. Now that I, Resident Evil. Now that I know that Deathloop's out in May, yeah. I don't think that Sony would want to spend their hard-earned money getting that Bethesda exclusive developed by Arcane and then shit over it with their own first-party game. Theory would state that they'd be sensible and say let's space them out a little, regardless of what the competition is, but this is Sony. If you'd like to let us know what your predictions are for the release of this game, our Twitter is at inpswetrust, and our email is pswetrust at gmail.com. And that's been it for this episode of inpswetrust. Thank you ever so much for listening. Really, really appreciate you. Thank you to our guest, which was Jack Geo HD. Thank you very much for joining us. I've been Davey. I have always been Phil. And I've been Spencer. Take care, guys. Peace. In PS We Trust is hosted by Davey, Phil, and Spencer. You can write into the show via our email, pswetrust at gmail.com. Our Twitter is at in PS We Trust. To find each of us online, follow our Twitters at SSJDavey, at Philip Hoy, at spenpie underscore. Thank you for listening. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. See ya.